Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sun Rental, Sun Rental, Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy. Sun Rental, Sun Rental, Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy. We, Cubs, we win. Are, Cubs win. Holy cow. We Cubs are the, win. How's everybody feeling? I'm I'm still recovering over here. Um uh, you know, it, that was just such an intense kind of experience and I went to the parade and I mean, I'm I've I've taken so many uh, little naps throughout the day and every time I go to sleep, I dream about the World Series. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I, I I never want to stop dreaming because I never remember my dreams and now all of a sudden I'm remembering them and it's always World Series dreams. It's great. You're nice. like a, you're you're like the eight year old boy you always wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> I I dreamed about different things at age eight. Well, maybe ten it started. But Baseball. um Yep. <laughs> well, I'm I'm five days into my soberness uh for How's the for the end of the year. Uh my pants are already fitting better. So I got that going for me. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, dude, I, I was so fucking bloated last month. <laughs> it's not crazy at all. I was drinking my weight every night, it seemed like. I, I just ran into a buddy of mine who, who had just recently, before the playoffs, taken um, a, a month or a month and a half off of drinking, and I didn't know it. I saw him, I was like, dude, what's going on? You look great. You look happy. You look healthy. You look like you. He's like, I've lost 40 pounds and I've never slept better in my life. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I didn't drink for 45 days. I was like, oh my God, don't say that to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it, 200 calories or more in every single beer. There's and- a hand, There's a ham sandwich in every can, Danny. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. I, you have no idea how much I would love to have a ham sandwich in a can. <laughs> yeah, is that a thing? Let's let's make it a thing. We have the hey, whole off season to invent love, this. I Listen, love- the the now selling the Kyle Schwarber ham sandwich in a can. It, it writes itself. <laughs> um, oh, the the Kyle Schwarber build a bear. Uh, did you tweet that? What, Somebody I did, tweeted. I did. I did. That was I, so fucking funny. Oh, it was so funny. He's the third build a bear to appear in the World Series. Pablo Sandoval and who was the other one? Oh, I can't, I can't remember, but that's what made it even funnier is that they had uh, two other guys that are totally, they're all Build-A-Bears. Oh. <laughs> big Poppy, gonna... Big Poppy could be a Build-A-Bear. Yeah, for sure. For but he, sure. but he, he wasn't it though, huh? No, he wasn't. They kind of oh, have. Like Lyle those... would forget that. 
Jesus yeah, Christ. come on. So, come on. so Lyle, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I am, I am barely recovering, man. That took a lot out of me. I'm still sick, tired. Um, I'm kind of bummed out. Baseball's over. Me too. I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in full steam into football season. I know that's not a thing for you, but that that football and hockey are starting. So I'm kind of excited about that, but I, I miss baseball. I, we, we watched a lot of baseball this year, guys. Yeah. Oh, more than probably ever. Um, and, and that's saying a lot because uh, I've been watching a lot of baseball for like four years now and, uh, more than ever this year. And with the whole extra month, you know, it's just, I mean, I mean, I, I looked at, I look at everybody kind of that's been, you know, watching this stuff. And I think we all need a good vacation, like a week off to just like decompress, you know, let our kind of systems get back to normal. I mean, it's, it was an intense month and, uh, I'm feeling every single, every single cheer that came out my throat. I'm, (laughs) I'm feeling it. Well, what's crazy about it. And, you know, you guys have never experienced and, and especially with it going game seven, it literally the off season started the day later. Literally, the next morning, I'm seeing like updates of teams making moves and letting people go, and trades are starting to happen. And we'll talk about all that as the off season goes on. We don't have any interest in that today. Yeah, no. I just posted about that in the Ranchers. Uh, how it's- weird it is that there there's so much fucking hot stove action already. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I mean. Cubs are going to have to make a move on a pitcher at some point, unless Montgomery's the guy, but it's, it's, it's just, it's going to happen real quick. And, you know, I, I feel who I really feel bad for is Jed and Theo. I mean, they're fucking so hungover and so <laughs> wasted. And they're like, uh, yeah, let's give Chapman whatever he wants. That was great. Yeah, I, I, I hope Theo didn't make any deals while he was on the roof of Murphy's with, <laughs> with Travis Wood. Just being like, you know, he calls up Bride Cashman, you know, hey, I got a deal for you, buddy. We want we want Castro back, and uh, we'll give you Schwarber because he's a fucking DH anyway. And, but, and, Travis, and Travis Wood just called me a pussy, so you can have him for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, we should welcome everybody to the Sun Ranto show. We are a Cubs podcast uh, featuring me, Danny Rocket. We got uh, Michael Cotton, a.k.a. Boutros, Boutros Golly, over Hello. there in uh, Colorado, Colorado, A. I love saying that. I don't know why. And then uh, <laughs> Mr. Lyle Aker, also known as the lovable Luciers. Where are you today, Lyle? I am here in the great city of Chicago. Oh, that's a rarity. Yeah, I know. It feels like I've been not here more than I have been here. And I don't think that's true. It's just when I every time I talk to you, I'm either on the road or coming back from the road or doing something. So here I am. I'm in Chicago on the north side. And um, so so we've got this uh, podcast and it's completely brought to you by our Patreon supporters who uh, we have a new one to add. Uh, It's Bill. That's two. We've had two bills in a row. I had to actually look back and see now, what are the odds of that. You, like, you had to you had to make sure that they weren't the same bill. Yeah, yeah, that it was a different bill. So we have we have two bills uh, came out at the exact same time, uh, one one after the other. I don't think that's ever happened in podcast history. So people, we, <laughs> we're making anywhere. Well, 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 bills. I'd like to thank you for helping us. Well, pay our bills. Pay the yeah, bills. exactly. Bills are helping pay the bills. And uh, I'm going to get all the, the I mean, obviously I'm behind, but I've got all the welcome packs ready to go out, which is a, uh, th- well, it's a it's a thank you note and also a Thad Bosley signed autograph to, well, obviously signed his autograph, an autographed Thad Bosley picture, um, but it's not signed by Thad Bosley, it's signed by me. 
So it's it's that's really a one of a kind kind of thing. Secrets, secrets of Wrigley. Yeah, I like how you said it's one of a kind, but we've given out yeah eight eighty six of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's like forty. There's almost forty, I think, at the, uh, Patreon supporters at this point, and you'll all be eligible for the drawing at the end of the month for all our Patreon supporters. And um, I've got the uh, I I was lucky enough to go to a um, couple World Series games. And um, they give out swag at the beginning of each game. Um, one one piece of swag I got was the World Series uh, rally towel, like the blue towel. Nice. That, now, luckily, you probably don't know too much about this if you're a Cubs fan that we even got this because we don't wave them around like other fan bases. Every single other fan base stands up and waves their goddamn towels these towels that the Cub fans got, they went straight into people's pockets. They went straight into bags, and we don't we don't do that shit at Wrigley. It's funny because, you know, we know what to do. We've seen enough rally towels in our in our life as baseball fans, but we don't fucking do that shit. I don't you see know, anybody waving a rally towel. Ones- well, you know, no, the, I think the reason people are like, oh, cool, look what I have. I can collect this and hang it on my wall in my office. Yeah, well, now... That's funny that you say that, Lyle, because uh, the one I got in the uh, NLDS Cardinals game last year is fucking hanging on my wall. Uh, But that's the white... That's the white flag with the blue W, and we did... People did kind of raise those, but not till the end of the game. It wasn't like a mid-game thing. Yeah, this this year I saw nothing. Nobody waved a rally towel. But the second day I went to the World Series, which I still can't believe I'm fucking saying out loud, um, that uh, they gave us um, World Series uh, slash MasterCard uh, texting gloves. <laughs> so there's, nice. yeah, I have a pair of old style uh, texting gloves from the Cubs. Well, these say nice. World Series on one hand. And on the other hand, it's the MasterCard logo. So <laughs> so if you'd like to advertise and text at the same time, um, Maybe you should have you. gotten two pairs of them and just thrown out both of the uh, MasterCard ones <laughs> so that you've got My, – Michael, there, there's, 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 this, there's this thing in humanity called opposable thumbs. Yeah. And sometimes with gloves, it, it's hard to wear. Yeah, that, you can't do it. Because then no, the other gloves, world... though, if I know what they are. You just flip them over. And then you'd have the World Series would be on your palm on one and on your the back of your hand on the other. Yeah, that's what it would be. It would totally work. Yeah, it'd work, but it'd still be weird. And uh, they only give <laughs> they only give out one per per fan, so I only got one pair. So it's the World Series rally towel, the World Series texting gloves, and or Danny's place jerking off gloves. <laughs> and so, so sorry about that <laughs> what the fuck um and then um you know a, a couple months back we did that special drawing for people that upped their uh the bobblehead drawing for people that upped their patreon pledge well i got it i got another one and it's um you know i, I think it was last year no I get, it must have been this year i got the the joe madden um manager of the year bobblehead um, it, well, this was the year before they gave out a Joe Madden bobblehead, and it's still in its box, and I'm going to give it away for not only the people that already upped their pledges a couple months ago, but also for anybody who increases their pledge now. And nice. uh, So that's a special drawing that you can be a part of if you have a, wait, an extra wait, just, buck. Just, just the bobblehead? Yeah, just the bobblehead. Come on, give him something else too, Danny. All right, all right, all right. Let me see what Dude, I got that in my bobblehead. Is is gold? I know, but he could <laughs> he, he could do better than that. 
Uh, how about I could, I could give another card. another rally towel. <laughs> one yes. I, no, I'm thinking one MasterCard texting glove. <laughs> I don't have just one. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can find one. It's still in its plastic, like never used. It doesn't even have my like uh, my snot on it from wiping my nose with them. You know, they're in the in the plastic. I didn't even wear them. Um, how about how about another uh, rally towel from the playoffs? I think that's a great idea. Perfect. I only have one World Series one, but I have. Uh, I only have one World Series one, but I have other rally towels that I've gotten. And it's funny, you yeah. know, last year's rally towel, you know where mine ended up? It, it right. ended up on Corey Finneran's uh, Luggable Lou <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end of uh, the weekend at the lake because it had fallen off. I had, I had it on the back of my car, and then it rained. And so it was, like, ruined anyway, so I put it on the Luggable Lou uh, because it is definitely a place to make a W. Nice. <laughs> um, so and uh, you know here's the thing about Patreon and, and I know we don't talk about it that much and definitely haven't talked about it over the past uh, month because we've been so busy dealing with the Cubs and the playoffs and then finally winning the World Series but the reason I, I love Patreon so much is because it can make us completely listener supported because you know I've I've done ads you know I, you guys know and some of you, some people out there know that I've been involved in advertising like voiceovers and jingle singing and stuff over the over the years. Um, those jobs are Screen Actors Guild jobs. They pay really well. Um, I I don't think that uh, the podcast ads pay well enough to be worth it for us. Uh, maybe they will eventually, uh, but they're not part of my union. They're not part of uh, you know. And until they are, I'm really kind of not interested in doing them. You know. So uh, I'd like to remain as listener-supported as we can and also, like, do – if we're going to do ads, do them for somebody like Matt Kammerer who has, um, who's painting every single Cub this offseason, you know, and he's, and he's going to try to sell his paintings, um, and you guys should buy one uh, as, he, as they come out. He posts on Sun Ranto Ranters. Or, like, um, you know, Jordan Rarick, who sells the painted shoes, you know. I, those are the people I want to do ads for um, for free just because I like your shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But y'all can go fuck yourself when that Stamps.com money comes rolling in. <laughs> you are going, Stamps.com comes in, we're going to spend 20 minutes on that shit every oh, month. Yeah. No, you need to build that's... some packages, motherfuckers? Stamps.com, bitches. Free scale, bitches. <laughs> no, I mean, that's just it. I don't, I don't want to do Stamps.com commercials unless the, the pockets get deeper. And what I would love to do is like get this podcast so big and popular and have so many people giving us a buck to five bucks to 20 bucks a month that we ne- that when stamps.com does come our way, we'd be like, fuck you, listener supported bitches. And it's not like PBS. Like, think about PBS, how they are. You know how they say they're listen or, or NPR listener supported yeah. bullshit. I fucking I listen to that shit. Um, oh, an email just came in. Um, I I uh, I listen to that shit and there and they've got like ads for Toyota and over this American Life like that's not listener supported. You're giving right. them money they're, they're, and they're, they're selling ads. Sponsors. Right, they're corporate sponsors. Yeah, this this segment is proudly. <laughs> yeah, brought to you by TIAA Cref, you know, and it's like investment banks and all sorts of shit, which which to me makes them completely biased and untrustable as media outlets. So we're not really a media outlet, but like 
When I, if I give you advice about tickets, I want Fair it enough. to be true to fucking God honest advice about tickets. You know, I don't want to, uh, or if I give you advice, I don't want to give you advice about what razor to use or, or, you know, all the usual suspects, you know, well, uh, bathroom go, to go to what, at Wrigley. Yeah. Ghost. Yeah. That should be free information. Go to the boat, go to the ghost bed bathroom down in the main concourse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and now listen, I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody because most podcasts do do ads and so including some of my favorite ones you said do do <laughs> i did um ex- excuse me for a moment to... and if you can make some money and it's worth it to you go make that money yeah. we're just trying to make it so that it doesn't have to be that much that worth it to us yeah well, that make sense? well my, i mean i i don't know how you guys feel about it because i haven't even talked to you about this <laughs> but the way i i feel about it is that um i am i'm actually a professional ad maker you know like i am a professional voiceover person and i'm not about to slum it that's that's the way i feel about it you know like and to me like doing ads for uh anything other than something i believe in is is slumming it when i know how much fucking advertising agencies get paid and how you know i i know how it really works in the on the tv and radio world and that goes towards my pension and i don't want to I have one more year to get vested in the Screen Actors Guild pension, and I don't feel like, you know, I guess um, taking money out of my own future pocket, you know, by by doing ads for cheap, for cheap or free, for cheap, I should say. Right. A- anyway, we're ad free, except for we do have a new sponsor, boys. <laughs> we have a sponsor. Um, uh, you guys ready is to it, do this? Is, is it is it is it Kyle Schwarber Canham? <laughs> See, it, it's it's not, but it, in fact, I'm in talks with them to try to yeah. do something uh, for the Kyle Schwarber can ham people because, and, and, and their and their new ham sandwich in a can. Right, I was going to say not canned ham, canned ham sandwich. Yeah. Well, oh, it's a canned so ham, good. but now they come out with a very special product called the Kyle Schwarber can can ham sandwich. <laughs> well, and once they make an alcoholic version, I'm all in. <laughs> but um, no, th- this is a, a listener of ours. See, this is the kind of ad I want to do. A listener of ours has invented a new product. And uh, so I want to help them out and uh, do a little commercial that uh, we wrote together. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this and uh, definitely go buy it because uh, we're trying to create a community here. Um, okay, here we go. Do you want to be like Cubs hero Anthony Rizzo? Then don't miss your chance to commemorate the Cubs winning their first World Series in 108 years by buying Anthony Rizzo's patented pocket ball. Just like Anthony Rizzo put a game ball in his back pocket when the Cubs won the NLCS and World Series, you too can honor the 2016 World Series champion Cubs by buying your very own pocket ball. I'm a Cubs fan who keeps his wallet in his back pocket, but ever since I bought Anthony Rizzo's pocket ball, my rear end sits evenly on any chair, and now my back doesn't hurt at all. Thanks, Anthony! Rizzo's pocket balls come in two varieties, NLCS and World Series. Experience the comfort of having one of Anthony Rizzo's balls in your pocket. (laughs) I didn't think the Cubs would ever win the World Series. But now, with my Rizzo's balls in my pocket, I feel like a winner. We've all played with our balls through our pockets, but now you can play like a World Series champion with Anthony Rizzo's pocket balls. Order one today. 
So you can find uh, the link to Anthony Rizzo's Pocket Balls on our uh, website uh, at sunranto.com. And uh, pick one up. You know, it's it's helping out a listener whose uh, mother actually um, just died of uh, an airplane crash. <laughs> I don't know. That was still so dumb. But <laughs> <laughs> she just died of airplane crash. <laughs> like, and, and if, you find, if you find a link to Rizzo's pocket balls anywhere, don't click on it yeah. because I'm guessing it's going to be Big Dick Vin 66. Yeah. And stop taking those particular drugs because it's a it's a fake it's a fake fake product which should exist, don't you think? Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my god, I love it. I, I must have one. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe we can make it a thing that, you know, just everybody keep a baseball in their back pocket, you know, as they walk around Wrigley Field. I mean, it can't be that comfortable um to sit upon. Unless you have a fat wallet in the other side, like your character did, Lyle. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, little announcement. Uh, my band, Bad Teenage Mustache, is playing Sylvie's Lounge pretty close to Wrigley on Irving Park Road with uh, my friend Dylan. He's a great guitar player from New York. And uh, we'll p- play a couple of our Cubs baseball songs. But to be honest, I'm looking forward to like playing some other of my other songs, you know? So I might do one or two. Like backup catcher or something like that, but come on out. It's a, a Sylvie's Lounge on uh, November twentieth, which is right before Thanksgiving on the Sunday. So uh, yeah, so come, please. Love to see you, um, guys. I went to the Cubs parade. Pretty pretty fucking epic. Um, how about this? Wait, wait wait wait. Which one were you? Can you point <laughs> me out? Can you point yourself out in the picture? I was the guy. On Broadway, on the let's see, on the northeast corner of uh, Broadway and Addison, taking the exact same picture that everybody next to me was taking. Oh, right. I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> you saw me. Cool. Yeah, D- Dexter Fowler. You, you, you were wearing Cubs gear, right? Yeah, I was. I was wearing a Cubs. Uh, you, oh, you you know me by my uh, my Cubs shirt, and also uh, a Cubs kind of uh, uh, like a zip up hoodie. Oh, yeah. In the rally towel. You were just waving a rally towel, Yeah, right? but Yeah, but it was the Indians rally towel because I accidentally brought the wrong one. So, uh, um, yeah. there, were, there were some epic pictures. Kerry Wood took a picture. If you go on his Twitter and look, uh, when they made that corner, uh, that turn, passing Michigan Avenue, heading towards the park, I couldn't believe how many people were on Michigan Avenue. I mean, it had to be... It was across the entire road, and it had to be not like 10 people deep, 10 blocks deep of people. There had to be 200,000 people on that one street. It was fucking – I was – it was crazy. I'm so glad I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty – I mean, I knew it was going to be packed, but I figured, like, maybe I could go, like, down by Wrigley, and they'd have some sheets, uh, streets kind of closed off. I couldn't get anywhere near where you could stand on by Wrigley and see it. I kept having, and I feel so bad for the people who live there in that neighborhood. I'm not that bad. They knew they were living by a ballpark, but like it was, it was shut down all day, dude. Yeah. You couldn't get through, uh, you know, you couldn't cross Addison at all. We, we were just walking through like, and looking down each street to see if there was anywhere you could stand and see the parade. And so you go one block down somebody's alley, you look down the street, it's, 30 deep. Okay. Another block. And and that's on both sides of the street, by the way. 
30 deep. And then we we go down another block, look down at 30 deep. And like we just have to I think I was four blocks away. I was past the, the L, past the police station, like uh, as far east as uh, not as far east as you can go, because that that'd be me standing in the lake. But really, I mean, it was just jammed. And then uh, we all just stood there for about an hour and a half waiting for them to drive by really fast in a in a in a bus <laughs> and and then it was over it was over in like five minutes ten minutes tops you know it was just over and I was like well that was that was really cool to be a part of this and I was talking to people in the crowd and stuff and um that was kind of nice uh, Dan, Danny was sitting there going wait wait where are all the balloons where's Rosie the red flying above my head yeah yeah there was no there was no big snoopy deflating on the crowd uh, there was somebody flying around in an airplane that uh, had a you know a big sign on the back of the airplane that said Chinese Americans for Trump go Cubs <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what a dick yeah I mean I didn't even know that was a demographic I didn't either <laughs> You know, uh, a, a demographic of Cub fans, I should say. How, how Chinese, about, I mean, Chinese Americans for Trump who happen to like the Cubs. I mean, that's got to be what eight people. Yeah, it's probably it's probably the Ricketts. You're right, dude. <laughs> they were probably just trying. They were hiding behind the Chinese American population. Right. Yeah, they're like, oh, they'll never suspect us. <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. Well, you know, I did. I. I was debating whether to read this or not, but I uh, maybe I shouldn't. Oh, great! Now, no, now you have to. You can't do that, Danny. Nobody likes that. Well, it's well, I don't know. What is, is it, yeah, is it, yeah, exactly. Are you upset with it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael's right. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably the best way <laughs> to put whether I should read this or not. Um, it was sent to me um, by. Oh, see, now I can't find it. So maybe that's. Oh no, I can now. It was sent to me by somebody who's actually a Sox fan. It wasn't. It was actually sent to me by, by Nicole, my girlfriend. And uh, but it's somebody on on Facebook that really is quite political, and really took issue. Uh, and he's a Sox fan too, so take everything he says with a grain of salt. But he he <laughs> does, he, does he listen to the show? Oh no no no! I don't. Th- you know, he basically went into. A big, pretty long rant. See, this is why I also don't want to read it almost because yeah, we've got enough to talk about without a long rant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I won't say the 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 basic thing was that he really wanted the Cubs to lose because of Tom Ricketts being a Trump supporter and because of the the intense whiteness of Cubs fans. And um, you know, I did want to bring this up a little bit. Is that you know there were six arrests at this Cubs parade, right? Five million 21. people, six 21. arrests. Twenty-one. Twenty-one arrests. All right. Still. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was like one of the. It, it was like the largest. It gathering was the. It was the. History. It was the seventh largest gathering in all of humanity, and it was the largest <laughs> gathering ever of a non-religious event. By the way, the thing that it passed, the non-religious event that it passed, was 3.5 million people went to a Rod Stewart concert in Brazil. Did you hear me what I just said? (laughs) 3.5 million people went to a Rod Stewart concert? Are you fucking kidding me? I can't believe 3.5 million have gone to all the Rod Stewart concert. (laughs) I'm actually, I like Rod the Bod. I want his body because I do think he's sexy. But I... I don't, I, that's crazy. Forever young. Forever young. What's going on down in Brazil? 
Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> free, that had to be free tickets. Yeah, they fucking, nothing better to fucking Sergio Mendez must have canceled or something. Like, something, <laughs> something bad happened. Um, but I, I saw it. I, I have an article dropping on Bleed Cubby Blue today, and um, I did a little research into some of the, the, the other giant top ten events. And uh, just comparing, like, well, I'm like, what is five million? And to be one of five million is definitely like, uh, it's a pretty powerful feeling that I didn't expect to feel. But did you know there are more people at the Cubs parade than live in Ireland? Yes, and like a hundred other countries. <laughs> yeah, there were more people at the Cubs parade than went to Cubs games this year. There were more people at the Cubs parade than like ten times more than were at Woodstock. And you see those movies and the like helicopter flyovers. How many? fucking sick number of people are at that thing it's crazy oh and there were deaths at woodstock and there were injuries at woodstock and there were uh you know uh, lo- Bra- lots Bravo of hospitalizations the city did put on a good safe parade and there weren't a lot of issues all the uh the trust falling was weird i thought <laughs> it's really weird and and really dangerous and i'm, I'm surprised nobody cracked their head open actually they probably I, probably I, did I think I tagged you guys in the video of the guy falling off the light pole when he slipped and fell straight down. <laughs> yeah. And I think he broke his leg. Good. He, it's good. <laughs> th- th- that'll teach you. Don't fucking climb the goddamn light poles. And this was kind of my overall point. And this, the point of this dude's letter, uh, kind of open Facebook post letter, was that, you know, I, I think it's worth pointing out that if the demographic of the crowd of 5 million people was even slightly different, like 20% different. Uh, the cops do not turn a blind eye to many of the, the obviously arrestable offenses that I could smell and, uh, and see with my own eyes and um, taste and taste, uh, because that was delicious and that was some good (laughs) shit. But, um, you know, it's uh, you know, I just I want to point that out that there is some backlash, and I, I know people are gonna. I mean, this is pretty fucking controversial thing to say, but there is is some backlash not just against the Cubs winning the World Series from other fans, but also from people within our very own city who are who look at a bunch of white people out there breaking the law, and nobody, and the cops not doing shit about it, and just being like, what the fuck, <laughs> you what the fuck? So I mean. I'm just well, saying when, that when, narrative is out there. It's worth thinking about. And also it, it is a lot. Well, when people are actually protesting and out on the streets, angry about social injustice, whether you agree with it or not, with what they're protesting, they're very likely to get arrested. But when people are acting like hooligans during a parade because their sports team won, there doesn't seem to be as much outrage. over Yeah. That. Even though there was looting. And, uh, you know, lots of destruction to property uh, for people that lived around Wrigley. Uh, you know, there was I did definitely read some reports of that, like from when when did the Cubs win Wednesday night, Thursday morning. There was a there was a, and all weekend long Wrigley Wrigleyville has been a total fucking madhouse. But- Everybody coming in, you know, drinking, uh, you know, just just kind of it's been a free for all. So I I just want to point that out. I don't I don't necessarily want to have a discussion about it right now, but um, I don't. Well, know. the the city didn't burn. The city didn't burn, and and I think a lot of us were expecting it to. Yeah, you know that there was going to be riots and shit like that, and I think it was way more tame than expected. And I, I also think with five million people, the cops got to just have to be a presence and hope people stay calm because there's not a lot they can do if it goes if it goes haywire. Yeah, five million fucking people going haywire. Like the cops are way outnumbered. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can't they can't shoot enough people without the the Cubs fans taking over the city. And yeah, well, thank God nothing uh, totally bad happened, and and nobody died, which is more than I could say for the fucking funeral of Ayatollah Khomeini. Which right. I that was one of the top ten. Like fucking ten people died, four hundred fucking seriously injured, tr- trampled to death, like three thousand minor injuries. Like, and that's for an Ayatollah's funeral, you know. Ah, uh, what the fuck? Okay. He was, <laughs> wow, rails he was on a, gone. He was, he 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 was on a lot of great T-shirts in the eighties. He really Ayatollah Asahola classic. <laughs> yeah, I had that one. <laughs> uh, well, speaking uh, of T-shirts, um, Wrigleyville is a madhouse of consumerism. <laughs> Just you can't even get into the stores. People are buying, and you know a lot of these. Still, the lines are crazy. Yeah, even at like Dick's Sporting Goods in the suburbs, my mom was telling me people are waiting in line to buy. The, and they have a World Series section, uh, everything, you know, on tables. You know, I went to brunch yesterday with my mother. Uh, she, there were stands everywhere with the unauthorized World Series shit. Um, you know, by the way, NLCS stuff that was like full price like a week ago, half price now. Yeah. Nobody wants it. So yeah. get in there and get your NLCS shirt. I will. I would totally get an NLCS shirt. Uh, it wouldn't bother me at all. Like, they, they hey, they won everything. NLDS, NLCS, World Series, just, you know. No, no, you're a World Series champion now, Michael. You can't wear that shit. That shit's not, no, you can't do it. I have to protest. I I disagree. I've got a, uh, you know, when I bought that that mystery box at Wrigley, I have a a pennant. It's a Mets, Cubs, NLCS pennant. (laughs) That's a pennant you can't have unless you're a Cubs or a Mets fan, right? But for, you know, you can, I, I don't know. I, I think as long as you've won that, you can, you can wear it. People might look at you weird and go, uh, wow, did you really buy that right after? The, you're like, no, I bought it fucking for 25% of what it originally cost because I waited, you know, till the end of the World Series. Well, you know, those Mets, Mets, Cubs, uh, NLCS hats are still for sale at a lot of these stores unless they just threw them in a basement just to make room for all the the new shit. But um, I was actually thinking of buying one just because it's fucking funny. You know, it, I guess you guys don't think it's funny. <laughs> oh, well, they, they, well, it was tragic. They lost. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, to you know, everybody wants to have something unique. Well, guess who doesn't have – nobody has the, the NLCS Mets-Cubs hat. Yeah, I'd be the what only one. Was, what I thought was great was, uh, you know, on on Etsy they have all sorts of stuff that is, uh, you know, not really legal, but they just put it out there. Cubs stuff, Cleveland stuff, everything, right? At, so, at, at Michael Etsy, I didn't know you were a twenty two year old girl. <laughs> my my wife. Was you don't know? Me, did, oh, did, here he goes. Don't, don't, don't you follow? No. Don't you follow him on Pinterest? I do. No, so my well, my wife was showing me some of these. Uh, you know, shirts that she liked that were Cubs shirts and World Series shirts and stuff that were, you know, on Etsy made by somebody, you know, so they're not exactly they, they're total, uh, you know, swap meet Louis stuff like they're, you know, like the Cubs logo, like the bear is not quite the Cubs bear, mm-hmm. you know, so just enough to not be, uh, you know, have their ass kicked by MLB. But uh, the best part was they're only selling these shirts on this one site for like two weeks. And then they're done. And one of the shirts they brought back from June 
and it's a Cleveland shirt, and the it says three and one, like Cleveland says three and one for the E and the L. And those were going like selling like crazy. Oh, from, from the basketball, the, right? Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and when I say selling like crazy, like they went big because yeah, the um, what are the Cavaliers came back from three three one deficit, right? But now it's like Cubs fans just being really snarky, and they've bought like fifty of them. I love which it. Is big for an Etsy thing two days after the World Series, but they're the, Cubs the, fans the, being snarky with that Cleveland three to one. The cur- the curse of three to one, and if you turn <laughs> it around, it's the number thirteen, which is the most unlucky number in the world. <laughs> so, so. This is the Game 7 podcast, and we've done an absolutely horrible job of getting to Game 7 since we're about 30 Didn't minutes into we'll, the show. We'll, we'll, stuff in here. I uh, yeah, I added it in. I added it in. But um, I, I do have one more thing to add because, uh, about oh, well, the— I, Well, I do too, so— <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, no, just, just, just one more thing to add about the Wrigleyville being a madhouse of consumerism. And my plan is to wait until after Christmas— to buy everything because uh, th- this shit's going to sell all the way until Christmas, right? Because everybody, this is going to be uh, one of the main gifts that Cubs fans are going to give and get. So I'm thinking that maybe, um, and I don't know who else wants to join in on this. I was thinking of reaching out to pretty much every blogger I know, every pot, other pot, Cubs podcaster I know, and 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 see if they want to throw like a joint after Christmas. Um, everything's half price all the Cubs gear is half price party like Chris, like a Christmas party, like maybe on like December 29th or something like that on a Thursday. And we started early. Has to, everybody has to come with the tags still on the clothes they're wearing and see you got the best deal, best, right? best deal. And I'm thinking like, you know, then we'd start it kind of early, like, you know, seven o'clock or something like that. So the stores are still open and I might even try to go down and do a deal with a store. Be like, hey, we're going to get a bunch of people. Can you give us like, you know, 10% off their overall purchase or something like that? Um, I, I'm going to. Then, then, then as someone who throws events and parties for a living, I would suggest maybe the second week of January. Because the week before Christmas and New Year's, nobody's coming to your fucking party, you dumbass. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, between. <laughs> between. Yeah, nobody, nobody's going out. Everybody yeah, just did no, all Christmas with their families. Everybody spent all their money, and everybody's getting ready for New Year's Eve, and they're gearing up. You're crazy, yeah. man. So let's, on, do the, so let's do this. Like, let's let's do this like January 15th. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, Instead of winter, when people want to just they're getting fucking stir crazy. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, I, love, I love this. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, well, so, and, and this is one thing, like that madhouse that you're talking about. That's one thing, like, the reason I hate people. Like, why, why the <laughs> fuck are people so... Like they, uh, it's gotta be right now. I gotta go right now. I'm gonna wait four hours in this line. I have to have it. I have to have it. I have to have it. Yeah, motherfucker. You're, you're, you, you know, sit. you know, you just you're talked about. You know, you just lambasted like three fifths of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I probably I'm gonna, did. I'm gonna guess more than fifty of you right now listening have already pre-ordered your eight-part DVD on the, how great this season was. And I love you, but I want you to all remember. You don't have DVD players anymore. <laughs> but dude, no, I'm, I'm down if they ordered it online. That makes total sense to me. It's like the people who are literally going, they're like, I have to buy my shirt at Wrigleyville because it's somehow more authentic if I buy it where I can see the where I can see Wrigley Field than yeah, if I, I, I think part if of I it buy is- it at the fucking Schaumburg uh, 
Tasty Mart, whatever the fuck. I, it is. I, <laughs> Ooh, I, Tasty Mart. A, I love that a place. A little bit, Michael, but I kind of call bullshit on it because people are really excited, and it, there's a build, bit of a pil- pilgrimage happening. Yeah, I agree right with. Now. And all the trains and buses are coming straight in. People just want to go to the stadium and walk around and take the picture in front of the, you know, the marquee that says World Series champions, and they're in the neighborhood, and they're like, "Fuck it." Well, I'm here. I'm gonna buy a memento. So I remember. I get it. I yeah. really do. I mean, it, it's a pilgrimage, and I say all the fucking power to them. Let them spend the money. Uh, Wrigleyville is usually fucking dead these two months. There's nothing happening. I mean, they have Hall- They have the end of the season in September, and then they have Halloween. And those guys, they're crushing it right now. Good for them. Yeah, but- yeah, it is really great, and and I do understand the pilgrimage part of it. Uh, but but it's made me stay away at this point because yeah. I've seen tons and tons of pics on Twitter of of it looks like a game day it, it looks does. it looks like a saturday day game uh, which is which is awesome and um i do i do enjoy the whole thing it's the what's crazy about it is the the consumerist frenzy that's taking place like it seems yeah i think that's what i have more of the issue with it's the people who are like they're not really going there if you're going down to see wrigley and be around that and do all that you guys have swayed me on that point like i'm totally down with that uh but i don't know i i i guess if you're if you're like i have to go to this store because it's right next to it to get my shirt like that seems weird yeah well especially because I, I, th- I think it's just part of the pilgrimage michael that's all i'm saying is yeah. they're there and they're like let me get a memento now let me get something yeah. to say i was here this is and here. i guess i can see that so you know consider me uh not as vehemently upset and annoyed with that but <laughs> you've been swayed yeah, but if anybody ever asked me to do that, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck you." Yeah, well, well I I won't go in those stores. Like, I will not fight those people. I mean, I was getting, you know, we've often talked about how Cub fans are, are of a larger carriage than your average fan base, except for maybe <laughs> Astros fans, or, uh, you know, which Texas I believe is one of the fattest states in the union. But this is a relatively um obese town. It's and, so hot there, dude. And and oh my god, it, it's like if I get bumped by one fucking ladies giant ass one more time i'm just like i can't go in there it's like there's no room to stand or walk or look or even see what they have because there's just butt in my way just giant butts and stomachs you know sweaty smelly i i I can't handle it i mean think of all the diseases on these people's hands the fecal matter uh, I can't. I can't handle it. I, 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 I like crowds. You know, I go to a lot of ball games, but I cannot stand a store crowd. I mean, the, this is like, you know, uh, you remember when the Cabbage Patch Kids were were the hottest thing, yeah. And like the people would fight each other at Toys R Us to try to get this thing for their kid for Christmas, and there'd be ladies punching each other out. Like it's not that bad, but it's it it gives me that feeling, and I I can't do it. You know. Yeah, Order your shit online. Can, 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 can I just quote you, Dan? And uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase what you said. So basically you're saying Cubs fans are shit. <laughs> they're, they're big white pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Got it. Just so I get that clear. The least um, diverse fan base in, in the uh, major leagues. Well, part, part of this pilgrimage, and, and this is the Game 7 podcast. I promise you we'll get there. Um, part, <laughs> what happened part, now? Part, <laughs> Part of the beauty of this pilgrimage and people going up there is the Cubs won. And I mean, 
everyone it, it's like euphoria in the city you could t- you just see it on people's faces like the 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 air smells cleaner the the leaves are prettier uh everyone's really nice in the city right now i mean anytime you walk by somebody with a cubs hat on people are like hey go cubs go cubs um it's really nice so the fan base is obviously super happy and euphoric um also i mean the players the ex players are beside themselves. The ownership has just got to be so happy. Um, we know Miguel Montero's not happy, but that's another story. Um, but <laughs> Jason but Hamill probably not too happy today. Is is anyone happier than Steve Bartman that they won? Well, I don't think so. Steve's a little annoyed right now of all the people coming back and fucking like asking him to do shit. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's got to throw out the first pitch. And it, and this always comes out. And it's just like, the man wants to be left alone. If you, and, and also, like, people want well, I the, refuse to do that. People, people, like, I go to his house every goddamn day and I ask him to come outside. But no, he's, Steve, <laughs> Steve Bartman, um, you know, the best thing we could do is leave him the fuck alone. He wants nothing to do with any of us. Um, it, you know what? I read an article the other day about um, how Steve Bartman doesn't, doesn't owe, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Chicago's apologized. But Steve Bartman does not owe us any forgiveness for what was done to him. Absolutely. And, oh, and, uh, I totally agree. And and so, like, leave him the fuck alone. If, if he wants to come out, he's going to do it on his own time. And, uh, you know, he doesn't we, – we ruin his life. You know what I mean? And if if your life, like, forever, like, I go to these opposing stadiums, people walking around with Steve Bartman heads on a stick. You know what I mean? Man, like, reminding us of that this man exists. That poor motherfucker. You know, every god time, goddamn time the Cubs do anything good, there's his fucking face again out there, you know? And he, he he's not, the, like, if that happened to me, I would enjoy the fuck out of it. And I would already be a multimillionaire from, like, selling my, I'd be doing commercials where, like, I don't know, like, you, when you, you're not, I don't know, what would be a good commercial for Steve Bartman to do? Like, I, well, catching I, I, something down, he's not supposed to catch? Visit the St. Louis Arch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, you're supposed to, like, you're catching, like, you know, catching a cold. Did you, you know, Steve Bartman's, like, in the crowd, and he sneezes, and then the ball gets caught by a loo or something. He's like, well, I didn't catch that ball, but I sure did catch a cold, so use, <laughs> you know. You know, Theraflu or whatever it would be. You know, I would already be a fucking. I'd be living in a mansion. I wouldn't even be doing this podcast. <laughs> well, I think I think what I personally respect about him a lot is he didn't capitalize on it. He didn't write a book. He didn't do anything. He just said he felt horrible. He loves. He re- he truly loves the Cubs. Yeah, he, he was devastated by it, and I feel bad for that. Uh, the only good thing that happened to him through that entire thing, because he didn't capitalize on it, is he probably never wore a turtleneck again, and that's that's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, God, that's I look like a everybody. fucking idiot. Oh, geez, yeah. why didn't anybody tell me? Oh, yeah. Why did I wear a green turtleneck with a black shirt to a Cubs game? Yeah. <laughs> and if, had, he been uh, wearing, had he been wearing Cubs, game, Cubs gear, he would have been so much harder to pick out of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. right? Oh. He would have. Yeah. Uh, now, the, if people don't quite understand this, like it feels like the city of Chicago dumped him. You know, like if like if you've ever been dumped by a girl or you've dumped a girl or whatever. And never happened to me. Yeah, really, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but they're really pissed off. 
and after a while, like you start to feel guilty. And so you go back and you apologize to them for all the shitty things you're doing that to make yourself feel better. Right. And the girls that really hold that power are the ones that are like, fuck you. I'm not, a, I'm not going to accept your apology. And so you can never get rid of that guilt ever. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the city of Chicago right now. God, these fucking people want to get rid of their guilt. And Bartman's just should we have a GoFundMe to build a statue to him? I mean, I know this is exactly the opposite of what I'm saying, but like maybe we can like (laughs) maybe we can do some sort of uh, I don't know, some big ass tribute. Can we do a GoFundMe and then just take all the money and not do a statue? (laughs) Yes, that sounds (laughs) more like my style. Um Well, and, um, and but, well, they 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 are going to build a statue for Theo out front, and what is that going to look like? That's, Him with a calculator? Yeah, right. <laughs> Him on the phone with Brian Cashman. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually, I heard they're going to put that statue on top of Murphy's bleachers <laughs> with Travis, with shirtless Travis Wood, with shirtless Travis Wood and Theo up there. By the way, a uh, listener of the the Sun Ranto podcast is the guy Jose is um, who put the that guy out. Who took that video. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, Jose. Nice. Yeah. Uh, thanks for like, I, I love that he got that out there too. Like, and I told him, I, I told him on Twitter, I'm like, you know, you're going to be on the morning news and that you're going to have people asking you for this video and rights to it. And sure enough, they did. Did Good. you sell I them? Made, I, I hope he made a couple bucks. No, yeah, I no, hope he made. no. I was on the stupid Fox. Uh, somebody told me I was on the, one of the videos of me and my niece at the game was singing take me out to the ball game was on the fox post game something or other and they they wrote me and they're like yeah we'd like to use this video and i was like does it pay anything and they're like no but can we use your video and i'm like sure <laughs> yeah sure. yeah i mean i might as doesn't never hurts to ask for for ne- money negotiation you know? 101 with danny rocket yeah, yeah. can no? i have some money all for right. it no nope. okay. all right that's fine use it <laughs> dude Dude, he, he rolls over so fast, it's not even funny. <laughs> Ask me, <laughs> hey, Meanwhile, like, people are just changing. Wait, but, their... you, but you're going to put my face on TV? Okay. All right. That's, <laughs> I guess that's something. Well, I really wanted my niece to see herself, and then she didn't end up seeing it. Ugh. And it was not recorded in any way. It's, it's gone forever, and it was just a moment in time. But, um, yeah, should we get to Game 7, or you want to talk for a moment about Hamill and Miggy? Uh, we're. I think we're going to get to that in our next podcast. We'll, well Miggy won't be a story shit. anymore. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about it, I have. I have. I think uh, an opposing viewpoint here. So sure, I have one. I have one thing to say about it, and and I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, Miggy is is back has been hurting him. His arm has uh, been shit this year. The Indians are a running team. And then he's surprised he doesn't play that much when you have two other uh, really great catchers on the team. You know, I understand that he wasn't communicated with properly is his his feeling, but don't talk about that in the fucking press. You do not do that shit. You keep that inside. You're another year with the team, and now you look like an asshole. That's yeah, my point. I would, and I think that that just got taken wrong by people. I don't think he really meant that. Uh, that he was upset with the team. I think I just honestly, I think he was just saying what he felt. If you were a baseball player and you didn't get a play in the big game and you just sat on the bench the whole time he or the game winning sport for any reason, right? 
you will have a little bit of a, I mean, Tommy Listella feels the same fucking way. He was sitting in there. Hamill feels the same way. All those guys kind of sure. feel that way. Yeah, but, guess what? They kept their fucking mouth shut. Well, nobody wanted to talk to them because they didn't get in the game. He got into the game, and I think he was just kind of having a conversation. He said, I was feeling a little left out. And then, you know, so it would have felt different if I hadn't been able to get into the game. And I think that's all he was saying. And I think people are a little sensitive right now. Like, you can't say anything anything bad about the Cubs. And so I think everybody's a little fucking, you know, just on edge. I... Yeah, I don't I, think this is a big deal. I think it was just one of those things that the media catches and then people put their own bullshit on it. I th- I mean, Miggy is just n- not – he's never come across as that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's just been – you know, but I but I do think that he was probably a little bummed until he got to go into sure, the game. Sure, I can I see that. that. I think that's all he was trying to say. Gotcha. I, well, the, my my view is he did say it. And, and and maybe you're right, but you got to keep your mouth shut about that shit afterwards. And I think he made it about him and not about the team winning. And I think that's what more people are bummed out about. Like it, me, 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 um, rather than it's, you know, baseball's a team thing. And it's all, it's not just this team. It's not just about the players either. And the most of the players acknowledge that it's about the community. It's about the, you know, the fans. I mean, 5 million people fucking came into Chicago to watch them uh, from six blocks away, drive by in a bus at 40 miles an hour. So um, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. But I don't think fucking Miggy called anybody up and said, hey, I want to bitch about my role in, in the World Series. Uh, will you take the interview? He didn't do that. Yeah, like yeah. they were asking him questions and he just said how he, he felt. Yeah. And I think he just made it in. And I don't even think it was really like completely how he felt. He's just not a great speaker. Yeah. English is his second language. Don't, hey, don't make excuses. He should, dude, I don't even think in Spanish. He's a great speaker. I mean, the <laughs> dude does not come across as like this, the sharpest tool in the, in the drawer. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, who, who on that team do you think does? <laughs> <laughs> who would, who in sports? Uh, I don't know. Kyle Hendricks. I mean, they do call him the Ky- professor. Yeah. Kyle probably. Yeah, oh, I, I, I mean, thought the, the, Anthony Rizzo's speech up on the in the parade, I thought it was pretty damn good. I thought he did a good job with it, and no one else that spoke did. Maybe Theo, but his was a little more just kind of off the cuff funny. But uh, I, I yeah. think Anthony did a, a better job. Yeah, than- personally, I felt like I watched that on TV. That parade I, was weird. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, do you know who I bumped into at at the uh, at Wrigley? Uh-uh. After after the uh, the the uh, buses drove by at forty miles per hour, uh, Don Strand and her and nice. her husband Eric, oh, they they brought me to lunch. Hey, Don Strand. Yeah. So thanks for lunch. And um, but we were sitting there, and I asked them uh, at the place to turn the sound on the TV because they had just had some music going, and the and the uh, the rally had started. So we were sitting there watching it, eating burritos, and um, I thought that everybody pretty much sucked except for Anthony Rizzo. Like, you know, it's like. I mean, great. They're baseball players. They're not public speakers. They're not. But we're maybe we're all just like looking for a little more. You know, like we want more passion. Like we want the passion that we feel as fans. It was super anticlimactic. It really was, <laughs> well, I, and I felt bad for the p- people. Like you know, Corey. Corey stayed with me. Corey and Kurt and Michael from Galesburg stayed on my couch, uh, and they went 
they were gone by the time I woke up. So they must have left at five, six in the morning uh, before I woke up. And they went down there and they waited for that to happen. I, I kind of felt bad about it, except for being with the other fans. That was probably awesome, but it wasn't a great show per se, you right. know? Yeah, they didn't do a, a real good job. And part of it was just there's so many players, like they can't all speak. But man, they sh- they really should have fucking uh, talked to them and figured out who had something to say. Because John Lester went up there and said, uh, what about this shit? That was like his whole statement. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But guess what? I he love it. The, he was probably the second best person. because <laughs> Exactly. And he felt loose. Like, it was the only yeah. other moment where I was like, all right. That was, yeah. It was, at it, least at least he swore on national TV, which is exactly. which is always good. It was like his Janet Jackson boob grab moment. Yeah. yeah. It was his Theo fuck you, fuck you from uh, the World <laughs> oh Series God. game. It was so good. Yeah. So hilarious. Yeah, um, lots so, of fun stuff happened. We got dick bumping. We got, we got all sorts of things to talk about. As far so, as that. so, so I mean, this game seven, honestly, I mean, it, it's it's probably the biggest game in baseball history, and I would say, at least for American sports, probably the second biggest sports moment ever. I don't know. Um, I kind of se- think that se- game se- game second, s- second of miracle on ice. I would say. I would say game six of the '86 World Series was pretty epic. I would too. No, I would too. Well, before it, it was, and I, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and I'd, I'd also like to say, fuck you. <laughs> because that is the other game. That's the game that it probably surpassed. And for me, I'm happy about that. Let's put that one on the back shelf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, until next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. Uh, I mean, it, it had was, all the drama. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, for them to tie it up and, uh, well. I, Let's get I, into the I, game. I re- All right, let's. I re I rewatched it, and, and and just to put this out there, Michael took about ten pages of notes. Thank you, Michael. Um, he watched the game yesterday for about six hours and just dissected it. So he really got us set up for today because um, without it, we <laughs> we were just gonna keep rambling for another hour. Or two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to kind of guide us through this, and I'll try and speed speed through as much as we can while still uh making jokes about this thing yeah pre-game let's talk about okay so pre-game danny you were obviously in the premier spot for the world series which was in left field bleachers correct yeah yeah so what was it like before the game for you just see a blue i see a cubs blue man did we show up or what I mean, after that Dexter Fowler home run in the first inning, I knew we had, I mean, I knew before that we had come, but you know, then you heard it. Like that's what Cub fans sound like in Cleveland today. And it was fucking electric. Um, Everywhere I went, um, Cub fans feeling real confident, feeling like the game was ours. You know, it's the, you know, anybody that's going to make that trip from Chicago to Cleveland or, or wherever they came from, uh, you know, probably not a lot of Cub fans in Cleveland, but uh, the living there, some. But uh, those are the best fucking fans. Like, they paid their fucking money. They were pumped. There was a guy dressed like Elvis uh, as a Cub fan. There was, like, people wearing uh, uh, Scarietta was there. You know, our friend Uncle Jim. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, I saw the picture in, on uh, Facebook. And yep. if you people haven't been to we, Facebook and looked at all of Danny's World Series pictures, go – uh, they're great. Yeah, and and it was just like the it was like the fucking circus came to town. 
You know, it was beautiful, and I just knew uh, Indian fans talking like losers. They're like, well, if we got to lose, I'm happy it's to you guys. And I'm like, losers! Do you think the Indian fans were intimidated by the amount of Cubs fans that showed up at their stadium for Game 7? Oh, I think so. I, I think so. You, could, had to have you could sense it. You could hear it. Um, and, yeah, I, I it was just unbelievable. You were out in left field bleachers when that – didn't uh, Rizzo home run ball? Not the Rizzo. The uh, Brian home run ball came out to you guys, right? No, no, no. no. The, Brian didn't hit one in in Game Seven. He hit oh. it in Game Six. You're right. <laughs> yeah, the, who the, hit him in Game Seven? Un, un, was, unfortunately, the look, close. Lyle, Lyle, I, I just it just watched, dawned I, on it just dawned on Lyle that he spent all that time yesterday watching Game Game Six. six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, the close. I did watch the Game Six highlights again. <laughs> un, unfortunately, uh, the ball that came closest to us. Was um, Rajay Davis's to tie tie it up ball? Yeah, you you right. saw you saw like the death of the entire season flying right the fuck at you, right, right, right by my fucking head. I was actually down <laughs> getting beer. I was even closer to the ball than my seats were. Oh wow! Yeah, I was I was down because it was like last call sort of thing. Actually, I don't even know if they ever did last call. I just kept going and buying beer, and they didn't seem to mind. Yeah, I don't know what so- happened that night. So, Lyle, you were out in Maine, and you've kind of mentioned this a little bit, but you were in a bar in Maine, which to me seems like the fucking hinterlands. It's it's the other side of the world to Chicago, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. You said it was Chicago. It was packed, and most of the people were from Chicago. People used to live here or went to college here, and were huge Cubs fans. Everybody, I mean, and it wasn't just like casual baseball fans; like people were decked head to toe in cubby blue. I was, I walked into the bar, I was like. Holy shit. We we showed up uh probably forty five minutes before the game and there was nowhere to sit. I was like, ah fuck, I'm gonna stand for four hours. This is gonna blow. I'm too old for this shit. And some family was just leaving right before the game, so we got a table. Um but even before then, I was driving around and I was looking listening to like Boston Sports Radio that's in Maine, but they all they talk about is Boston Sports. And I'm driving down the back roads of Maine and they start playing like all the fucking cub songs on the radio and uh you know they're talking about the game i was just like wow this is crazy it's fucking cubs fever all across the nation and it it was it was just really cool it was fun to go watch with a bunch of cubs fans it was it was pretty hectic it was tense man it was, I, i'm not like a nail biter or anything but i started becoming like it, it, when they tied it up we'll you know we'll get to that in game i started becoming the guy with my hand over my face <laughs> oh no uh I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to fucking blow this. It's over. This yeah. is going to be the worst thing ever. Um, well, but it's just – it's it's cool. Uh, it, it was great. And, and, like, the atmosphere before the game was really exciting. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, especially up there because that's, that, that's nowhere near Chicago. And you would be surprised that they would even care so much up there. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean – yeah. Absolutely. Why are there so many Cub fans in Maine? I mean, mean, they don't have a team, so maybe they had WGN. No, that's Red Sox Nation. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, they they had a team. Yeah, yeah, they had. It's Red Sox Nation. Boston or or the Yankees? No, not not in Maine. Or possibly even the Mets. In Connecticut, you get that some. um, Yeah, but you and and maybe a little bit in Rhode Island. But once you hit Massachusetts and North, it's Red Sox country. Yeah, Uh, and there's the Theo connection, of course. So. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, only, well, you know. The, and, only, the only non-New England team that gets any play in Maine are Northern Mainers. Like, on the west side, some of them are Giants fans in football, and that's it. 
Uh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I was at the grocery store uh, getting hot dogs and brats. That was my, my big story. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot I was wearing all my Cubs gear until, like, uh, this really old dude decided to come up and try and talk to me about 1945. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot I was wearing this shit. I have to get out of this store quick. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm gonna punch I'm this old he, man. I'm glad he brought up 45. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And fuck, man. I don't know. I was at home because I I could not have watched that game without knowing for an absolute fact every single person around me was like a full on Cubs fan because I I it was stressful enough. I couldn't have anybody stressing out about it. I had to have like positivity. And so my family provided that for me. Thank God. Yeah. I had, there were a few Indians fans at this bar. Not a lot a very few, but two of them were sitting right next to me. I was like, Oh, here we go. But they were actually very cool into themselves. I mean, they cheered when, you know, honestly, when Roger Davis hit that home run, they were beside themselves. And oh, I, I honestly wouldn't have minded being around Indians fans. Right. I just don't want to be around Cubs fans who like just fucking started watching or something. And not because I, you know, I think they're less fans or anything like that. I think they're great. You know, more fans, the merrier. My issue is that. They I might need, bring I you down. To focus on the game and I wouldn't be able to spend the time focusing on the game. If I was talking about like crazy shit, like, so who's in center field right now? You know, shit like that. I'm like, ah, I I can't deal with that. Or or like somebody being like, they should DFA Hayward or something. (laughs) Like, and you're like, no, (laughs) what are you talking about? It's game seven. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get you. Speaking of that, I was listening to the score. Uh, I, you know, I had the mistake number one and I had, I had it synced up. Mark Grote or Mark, is it Grote or Grody? Grody. Grody is on there doing the pregame show. And this is why uh, sports radio should just ban callers calling in. This dude, right before the game, calls in, and he's pissed off. Like, he's – you can hear the anger in his voice, and he wants to know why Hayward is still playing. Like, Mark Grody had to cut his ass off because he just started in on a rant about how he hasn't been hitting and all this shit. And and then all of a sudden it just goes dead, and then Mark Rode has to Mark Rode has to say like, oh well, you know he's in because he's good defense and all this shit. But like I could not believe it. We're ten minutes from game time. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that shit, man. <laughs> game seven, yeah. and you want to make roster moves, which are not possible and couldn't be happening. And he's what you got. You got to play with what you got at that point. You made your roster. You got to. You made your bed. You got to lie in it. So Dan Nielsen, please don't call the score anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's we've had enough. I I know it was you. So uh, come on, man. Yeah, inappropriate. And, and it's and he, he also like we talked about game six. Like he made two great plays in the field in game six, and he's generally gotten on base better in the World Series than he did for most of the season. Yeah, it didn't always. It, it came with other people getting out while he was doing it. But hey, he was on base. Yeah, and and him, him running. Uh, getting to third base towards the end of that game, even though he didn't end up scoring in the, was it the ninth, I believe? You know, he's fucking hell of a base runner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he really is. Um, uh, no, so Too then, bad he doesn't get so, on there. Too, I, too I mean, yeah. is, this really, uh, is this really where it's going to go with, with the Hayward yeah, talk, by the way? We're talking about game seven. Let's not yeah. talk about his intangibles and how great he is because he was awful this year. Yeah, he was, he was that caller. But I think, no, he's, no, no. I think he's heating I, up. And I agree. It just wasn't the time. It was crazy yeah. that people No, I agree with that. you for sure. 
and those are the people that I couldn't be around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why I was at home alone, like just with my family. Uh, no. So the, the first time I had heard any of the Fox stuff was yesterday when I started listening. First fucking thing that pops up is a little montage of Cleveland and Chicago. And instead of being like, somebody's dreams are going to come true. Some city is going to celebrate their fucking quote was sometimes dreams don't come true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Dude, fucking like, true. Fuck. Yeah. Just, this set up the whole fan base for failure. Just like, yeah, sad, sad, sadly, Michael, it's true. It's and reality, baby. It's reality, and they really do play on those heartstrings. It, it guess what? It adds to the tension of the drama. I, I mean, you gotta you gotta give them credit for that because they're trying to tell a story. And no, but they could have gone positive and been I like, know. one of these fan bases is going to have a great night. Instead, they lined up every Cubs and Indians fan and just kicked them right in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, build them up and tear them down. That's that's our society. <laughs> I, I I think that's hilarious. It, it was pretty funny in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really awful, and it but it just goes to show you that like they they want it. They don't want either team to win. They love that the Cubs have a drought. They want to talk about the goats and Bartmans forever. They, they hate the fact that this might, is going to be over for someone tonight. You know, listen in, in pregame. I mean, I heard plenty of Cubs fans, you know, I Facebook, Twitter, people, I know friends of mine who are big Cubs fans really like torn about whether it was good for the Cubs to win. I'm like, of course it's good for the Cubs. Oh, <laughs> my like, but people were so they're like, I, and and it's true. The identity of the Cubs is changing and will change. And and you guys know it. And I know you guys are happy about it. But there's something about the culture of the Cubs. Like it was always this like the little engine that couldn't, you know. And it was like cute. And we we were the you know the Cubs fans were the fans that would go no matter what. They didn't care that they were losing. They supported their team and they went and hung out in that great beer hall in the middle of fucking Wrigleyville and sat outside and drank with their shirt off. Yeah. So thank you guys for totally justifying my need to be as far away from, from Cubs other fans. As possible. Well, and and the other part of it is, in, and most Cub fans that I've talked to agree with me. I was so glad that the Cubs team was far away from Cubs fans, except for the best ones that traveled to see the team. Right. Uh, you know, thank God that. Uh, thank you, Johnny Cueto, for fucking up the goddamn All Star game. Thank you. You yeah, just no won shit, the right? World Series for the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Before before the playoffs, we were like, yeah, fucking AL has home field and all that shit. Bullshit. That's like the nope. greatest the thing that could happen yep. in this series. Absolutely. Because we didn't yeah, think but you're, about my, Danny, you're the same guy who would have blamed the All Star game had they lost it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But so I could say <laughs> because I've but I, now I can make whatever narrative I want because you know I'm like oh, I told I called it things perfectly fell into place, <laughs> just like God intended. I mean, and also the, 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 speaking of God intended, so many fucking people saying that that, that first of all our dead relatives thing must be catching on, like just kind of <laughs> just kind of in a like I mean. You know, it starts with Pedro Strope's dead relatives. And by the way, I didn't say it first. It was Bob Costas. So, like, so he talks about dead relatives. I make fun of it and latch on to it for the next three years. Then now people think that their dead relative Cub fans 
caused the rain delay. I know. Oh, <laughs> did, <laughs> yes. yeah. I was going to actually bring that up. Yeah. Of the million Cubs fans <laughs> up in heaven. Yes, I mean, I've heard it a thousand times, and, you know, it's... I know it was my great Aunt Esther up there crying those tears for the Cubs and raining it down, like, ah, man. I love the poetic nature of that statement. I love it. But anybody who actually believes it, holy (laughs) shit, go see somebody. See, (laughs) see, get help. They will see somebody. They'll they'll see their priest on Sunday and be totally validated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He'll be like, "Yep, that's how God works." Yep, that's how God works. He 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 creates <laughs> er, he, he creates earthquakes and rain delays. <laughs> that's his thing. And by the uh, way, he he also killed your aunt Esther. Otherwise, she would have been here to see it. So, if anything, she was crying because she's not here to see the fucking World Series. My, Michael, during that pregame, <clears throat> I I thought the Fox crew did a pretty good job getting up to game seven and you're right the negative part of the narrative i mean that's a producer thing i think uh you're right they could have been a little positive one of these teams is never going to be so happy you know but i think overall the prep for the game and them talking about it was pretty good smolty was solid well okay so we've been having this discussion for a little while you and i and uh you're kind of on board with you think buck's been doing a pretty good job and i love john smoltz and i've been saying like you know, I hate Buck, uh, but I've kind of given it to you like, you know, Buck is he's technically sound out there. But the things that he says, I still contend are terrible because they don't make any fucking sense. And uh, I saw more of that in this game. So I love Smoltz, too. I thought he was great right before the game. And he was talking about the pitchers. But this really made, you know, foreshadowed, uh, you know, Madden. um his quote was, there will be a moment everyone remembers. Don't create it. You know, like he's saying, let it happen. Oh, well, that, yeah. that's, there's fucking, uh, that's exactly what happened. Dude, the Cubs were winning the fuck out of this game. I'm like, we're going to march into the goddamn World Series championship right here. And then uh, it all fucking hell broke loose again. Yeah, yeah. because because Madden started forcing things into place. Like he... he he, I felt like he was he was pushing things to be something that it didn't need to be. I hated that game. Yeah, uh, you know now, that that sentiment, Danny. Other than the win, I think a lot of people felt the same way. I, I it was it was stressful. I think you know. Um, I mean, you get we're, gonna, we're we're about to go inning by inning, but I really do. Over the course of the playoffs, I saw so many flaws. I listen, they won it. But I really felt like Madden won despite himself a lot of times. Yeah, well, he, he he wins over Manager of the Year award. So I'm giving out a Manager of the Year bobblehead, but I might r- have to write over yeah, next over to it. Manager over Manager sure. of the Year. And he won it. You can't, you can't, I mean, you got to say you can't question it because, I mean, most of the things he did worked out or seemed to work out. Psst, not in this game. No, yeah. but well, in the end, it did because they won. Guess what? They fucking won the World Series. No, no thanks to him, right? But because they won, because Hayward wouldn't let him in the weight room when he wanted to talk to the rest of the team. Yeah, he almost fucked up again and didn't let Hayward talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and, and honestly, I thought uh, Terry Francona was overmanaging a bit too. I think he overmanaged in this series. Things tended to not 
go as badly for him. So maybe he was a little bit better at it, but this is like what his third or fourth time in the world series. So even though he was over managing, it was with a little more uh, history behind him. So he was better at it. Maybe. Um, No, but so, so yeah, so getting to that buck, his dumbass, he spent the whole time pregame talking about how rested the Indians bullpen is. And then said that the Cubs will need to make adjustments. Well, the bullpen now, was rested, but Corey Kluber sure as hell wasn't. Yeah, right. so doesn't that mean that the Indians are going to run Kluber out there, but they're the ones that are going to have to be ready to make adjustments as quickly yeah. as possible because their yeah. guy has been out there three times in nine days? <laughs> well, yeah, and they left him out there longer than I thought they would. Oh, my God, they should have pulled him right away. Yeah, he didn't oh, have it from the very beginning. You could see it. You could see it. I think and, – and 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 by the way, the Indians have won games like that. I mean, the, the the one where the kid cut his finger and it broke open on the mound. I mean, what do you go, oh, yeah. six pitchers over nine innings? He's able – he was able to do that, and I feel like he missed the boat on that in, uh, in game seven well, where he had an opportunity to pull him. Yeah, well, he went – I mean, because the Cubs, they scored – in the first with the uh, Dexter Fowler leadoff home run, which I, yep. I guess is the first time that's ever happened in it's a game the first seven. Time it's ever happened in game seven. Oh. So, you know, as long as we whittle down all the qualifiers, <laughs> yeah, right. it's the first time it ever happened. In other words, there's only been like, what, 60 game sevens ever anyway? Yes. And then <laughs> this happened one time. Yeah. All right. Good. Great. <laughs> um. Amazing! I can't believe he did it as the and now and then the next time it happens it'll be like and Dexter Fowler was the first black player to (laughs) (laughs) just keep whittling it down you know the first black Um, player who's six foot nine you know he's not that tall he's not that tall he's not that tall Uh, (laughs) yeah he uh, dude he he crushed that ball too oh he did four hundred and six feet is a monster shot. Anytime, like that is that is tough. Yeah, that's a that's pretty. Uh, that's like in that well kind of right center area that he hit that. Dude, okay, that all the far. homers went in the same spot. Like, yeah, they did. Fucking power alley out there. <laughs> yeah, there be a power alley to dead center field. Yeah, yeah. it's deep. It's deep, but but it, that's where all the homers went. That's that is true, dude. And so the broadcast live really made it seem like uh davis had a shot at that like at first and then you know of course joe buck played that up but when they really went and did that side angle that ball was nowhere near his glove yeah it was gone yeah it was gone and and what a way to get started too i mean right at that moment you, you know just I, to I text take you guys out. at that moment i said this game's over they won and i just i had that feeling i just my my thought going into the game was if they could get to kluber and they could get to him early, they were going to win. And that's what they needed to do. If Kluber was lights out, I don't think the Cubs had a chance. Yeah, and he oh, yeah. threw a lot he of pitches that. in that first inning as it was. I know. Uh, yeah, there was uh, – yeah, this whole series came down to pitching, which, you know, Fox was all over it, except for they thought the pitching advantage was on the uh, Indian side. you got to be well, kidding me. Well, through the playoffs, it felt that way, Michael. I mean – Guys who didn't have great regular seasons really stepped up. I mean, they, two of their starting pitchers were out of the season, out of the series. Um, but when you only have three guys, like you cannot go more than three deep in your starters, and one of them uh, fucking blew his finger up with a drone. Like, 
you're not a solid pitching team and quit saying it. Yeah, but but they got they de- definitely uh, quieted the Cubs bats quite a bit. You yeah, know they, what per- I mean? they performed. They were, they were good, they, man. Oh, they early yes in the first part of the uh, series, they did a great job, but they were rested. But right. you have as long as the Cubs could keep it going and not lose four straight, then they were going to start seeing these guys again. You know, and and that is where the Cubs won this World Series. And and that's the thing. If they had gone four and and lost, then I think, yes, Indians pitching is a story. But I felt the whole time that, you know, it I was just waiting for the Indians pitching to fall apart. And it finally fucking did in the seventh game when I think we all kind of thought it would. Well, the sixth, yeah, ga- I mean, the we, sixth game. We talked game. after the sixth game. Uh, we, we, I think we had all said that, that there's the Cubs will win this game because they should be able to get to all these pitchers now. And they, they did. Yeah. And it was nice to start out early. I mean, it, I was kind of hoping they would put up a, li- a few more runs there in the first inning because Schwarber beats out a ball in that Dude, inning. First of all, how fast was he going down to first, Danny? And did you think his knee was going to blow out at that point? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was, well, more when he slid into second and was out. I was like, right. what are you doing? Um, but uh, Schwarber, Sch- Schwarber beats, then he steals second. Which was unbelievable, but nobody thought he would steal a base, so they and, weren't even looking at dude, it. Dude, he, he stole second literally on Kluber while Kluber was still standing there. Yeah, like, He's know. already running down to second, and Kluber hasn't even made his motion yeah, he, toward they didn't uh, even, the plate. Yeah, they didn't even throw down. And then, uh, you know, Bryant gave it a good ride, almost to that same part of the field, but it was caught. So I was I was hoping that, you know, it was going to be like 3 nothing at the end of the first, but it ends up one nothing. But I still felt good about it, you know. Yeah, and- ni- 19 pitches for Kluber in the first half inning. That's that's a lot. Of, that It's not a ton of pitches in the first inning, but when you factor in it, when you factor in it's the third time he's been out there in nine days, that's tough. Yeah, you couldn't have thought, though. I mean, they, they thought throwing him out there that he probably wasn't going more than, like, 70 pitches, right? I mean, I can't imagine he had much more than that in the tank. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, he was pitching well. Yeah. Now Kyle Hendricks, he comes out and everybody's expecting him to go seven. I was. I was expecting him to go seven. Well, he should have. Yeah. And he, and he should have. Well, so. Uh, and he gets through his side of the inning in nine pitches. It yeah. was unbelievable. He fucking mowed him down. And that. And then I was like, oh, this game. And, that, and that's even with the Javi Baez error. Yeah. He, what was he doing throwing from his ass? So he had. He, I'm not saying he had plenty of time. He you had know, plenty of time. I'm well, saying, but it. he had more time yeah, than he, he took. You know, he he had plenty of time. He was being uh, a fucking hot dog. Javi lost his way somewhere in that series. And listen, he answered and he came back. But God, he was so frustrating to watch in the World Series. Wasn't he, he really was. Yep. Now, uh, the interesting things on the broadcast that they brought up was that Kyle Hendricks had a 15 inning scoreless streak entering Game Seven, and that's tied for most ever okay again for game seven right Right, (laughs) it's got to be game seven and you had to have a 15 inning scoreless streak but the guys he was tied with Lou Burdett uh 1957 Milwaukee Braves and he beat the New York Yankees in that game and then uh Bob Gibson in 1967 for St. Louis over your Boston Red Sox yeah I know yeah both through three games in the World Series 
uh, Burdett and Gibson. Burdett, three games in seven days. Gibson, three games in eight days. And that means that Kluber is a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they don't build men like they used no, to. No, they don't. And th- those guys were used to doing that stuff. And remember this, they they would just go straight from the season into the World Series. So they didn't have all these extra, you know, division and championship and wild card and all that shit to deal with either. There yeah, were, they barely had a bullpen. Yeah. yeah, and there was no there was no November baseball. Yeah. Oh god, that was definitely the I watched two games in November. You know, that's that's a rarity. That's something that's never happened to most people. Yeah. How uh how lucky was MLB with the weather, even though there was a rain delay. I mean, dude, it was you, beautiful. You, it, it, it couldn't have been nicer. Yeah, it was beautiful, and it barely rained. I have, I don't know why there was a rain delay. To be honest, I I barely uh, rained. I, the The consensus from the umpires was they saw that it was a fast moving system. MLB told them that, and I, I I saw something MLB put out. They wanted to make sure that in such a big important moment in the game where it was tied into the ninth that the weather wasn't the reason that one of these teams lost so they just wanted to make sure the field was dry they didn't want anybody to slip on a wet field yeah they didn't they didn't want a wet ball to slip out of a pitcher's hand and cause a walk or a hit batter or anything so they really just wanted to be extra careful and not let the weather determine the outcome of the game which i appreciate yeah and it was in between innings you know it's not like it was uh between the top and the bottom like mm-hmm. that would they I don't think they they call it then. Obviously they didn't because it wasn't raining. It was raining between the top and the bottom, but they didn't do the rain delay until the end of the inning, you know? So now yeah, exactly. So we get we get into the second inning. I know we were jumping around a little bit, but we get into the second inning and we were all feeling really good after that first inning because the Cubs looked like they were going to rough up Kluber a little bit, but they didn't get to him as much as it looked like they could have. Right. It was similar to, uh, there was another game. Uh, fuck. What game was it where they scored one in the first and it looked like they should have scored four. Well, they went one, two, three in the, in the second. Yeah. So they went down seven pitches, right, Michael? Yeah. There was, yeah. He had a seven pitch inning. Like he was, he was good. In that, like, of course, he was pitching to contact and the Cubs were giving it to him. I think maybe they were, uh, they might have been a little more amped up after seeing what happened in the first inning. Yeah. But at that point, isn't that when Joe's supposed to say, okay, guys, we got this guy on the ropes. Let's get to the bullpen. Be patient. Let's make him throw pitches. Let's make him work. Yep. But they all went early. (laughs) Yeah. So, and whenever they do that, it never goes well. I mean, ask that. Well, and part of it, I mean, and they were pop-outs. Like, Russell popped out to Lindor at shortstop. Um, Contreras fouled out to Chisholm. So that was just a missed uh, hit. You know, it looked like it was going out of the park, like into uh, the seats, you know, but it hung up enough for Chisholm. My, to get my least favorite play in baseball, the foul pop-out. Yeah. And then Jay Hay with the broken bat, like he hit the ball. But it snapped the bat, and so there was no power behind the hit. Well, that's not a surprise with Jason Hayward. There's never power behind the hit. And, Danny, I I think you should take that last statement back that you hate the foul ball um, pop-out because when um, Ross had that foul ball pop-off that went (laughs) off his glove and Rizzo came in and grabbed it, it's going to be remembered of one of the greatest moments of this World Series run. That is true, but I I still (laughs) – I hate the play. I, I mean, when it happens to your team, I'm just like, ugh. Like nothing. It's just so boring, and it's like a non thing. Yeah, I just fucking hate I it. I agree. Well, it's hard because you know, 
both the Red Sox and the Cubs play in tighter quarters than a lot of other teams do. So, so it's crazy. Like when you watch a game in Oakland, you're like, holy shit, that ball's like 40 feet foul and it's still in play. Yeah. You know, you and see the shortstop yeah. running across the field. You're like, oh my God, is he going to get there? Yeah, that's a big <laughs> back area. It, yeah. And then know. at Wrigley, it's super tight. And just to make it more fun, they have uh, baseball mounds out there to make you really fuck with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the worst part about this inning, despite it only being a seven inning uh, or seven pitch inning, was Fox talking about John Hirschbeck retiring and then going through this long story about how both of his sons died. <laughs> like, did you guys hear <laughs> there's that? A, or there's a pick me up. No, no, they, they didn't. They did not announce that over the loudspeakers at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> That was not part of the. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, John Hirschbeck will be retired after this game. Both his sons are dead. Yeah. <laughs> He's just out there crying. Oh my God. It was the worst thing. We're sitting there watching a game seven. Why are we the, laughing? I, because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because it's a genetic disease and not something like drugs or a suicide. Right. That's way funnier when it's genetic. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they knew they were going to die. They were they were at peace with God, but this is this is Fox at its fucking finest. Uh, sometimes dreams don't come true, and John Hirschbeck's kids it, are dead. While we're at it, let's talk about people's dead children. I'm sure John Hirschbeck fucking goes back and watches this game because he was in it and wanted to see a little bit, and he's like fucking mortified that they talked about his his children dying. That is not what he wanted his last game to yeah, be about. Pedro Strobe's dead relatives, John Hirschbeck's dead children. I'm telling you, these people are listening to the show. They see where we're going with this whole dead people thing, and they like it. <laughs> they like it. I'm telling you, we're 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 creating a dead a dead person revolution. It's only a, a matter of time before the zombie apocalypse. Now that the Cubs won anyway, so let's just fucking get used to dead people walking around and have at it. Well, so, with these two droughts of these teams, this whole World Series was about dead people. Yeah, oh, it, it really was. Yeah. Or, or people who were about to die. And, and we, we'll, we can talk about all the people who died after the game. I saw, <laughs> I saw a post of someone, uh, a friend of a friend, their grandmother died the morning of Game 7. Huge Cubs fan. I was like, oh, God, poor thing. She died that day. Wonderful. Oh, but she was there to cry and, and slow the game up. So. Right. Wonderful grandma, horrible timing. What can you do? <laughs> um, so did anyone just get Hendricks was dealing after the first. Yes. You felt it. You knew it. And then the first batter, he gets fucking hit. Yeah, with that stupid, like, it went off his leg, right? I, I, I literally, I was like, here glove. we go. Here. Yeah, I think it hit his glove. I couldn't tell. They They weren't real good on figuring out where it hit him. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't get the slow mo. Oh. Um, but but I for, for like ten seconds, right when I saw it, I was like, oh no, dude, he oh. was hit by a pitch in that game against the Giants, uh, and and Madden pulled him. You right. know, way back in the NLDS, yeah. he got yeah, pulled. Right. Yeah, he yeah. got hit a little harder in that game though. For sure. Well, right, it hit him right in the arm instead of like in the glove or the thigh. Yeah, whatever it hit him. Yeah, I couldn't tell what really, but it deflected and then it went over by Russell. But like he couldn't make a play on it. And like I know it's instinct, but I was like, God damn it, Russell was standing right there. It would have been an out. Right. Well, and 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 you're you're like, God damn it, make it an error because this guy's got a no no coming. I can taste it. You could just you saw the way he was throwing. I was like, he's gonna fucking deal tonight. And then 
he fucking picks him off at first, which was just fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, that's when it really, you really started to feel the snowball running downhill, right? Yeah. We're like, got this, got this. Yeah, but then he gave up another hit right after that, and, I was, and then that pickoff looks huge. And it's just like, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate, uh, you know, the Cubs. What they've, what they've, their game plan. I mean, the Indians are a base stealing team. They led the American League in stealing bases, and they couldn't do shit against us for the most part. In fact, yeah. I this is an ass stat, but I, I think the Cubs stole, stole more bases than the Indians did in this fucking series. Oh, yeah. they did. I, I got another ass. I, I got another ass stat for you. I think the Cubs picked off or threw out more base runners in this series than ever have been picked off or thrown out in any other world series, series ever. ever even playoff series ever i mean oh. it, felt, it it was unbelievable how many guys they were picking off base i mean dude you don't see that that much during the regular season i mean they i mean i can think of four or five maybe five of them yeah well, and what's crazy is that they're getting like kyle hendricks was doing this all year you know kind of picking people off and stuff and it's like when he's out there, they're getting these long leads like they're getting against uh, Lester or Arietta, right? But Lester's never going to throw. They should just be running no matter what. But when you have Hendricks out there, like, you need to be tight. Like, I don't know how they don't well, know that. I, yeah, I right? get frustrated when little leaguers get picked off. I, I it's it's beyond <laughs> it's beyond the pale that Major League Baseball players get picked off. I don't get it. I just Dude, and, be better. And Joe Buck was beside himself. He just kept talking about how the Indians were supposed to run this whole series and that they never did. Yeah, I know. I know he did the same thing uh, during, I think it was game, because I was at my sister's house. It must have been game five. And that and Lester was on the mound in game five. And he couldn't believe that they're not running rampant on Lester. Like, he's like, why aren't they, why isn't a single a triple? Like, that's an automatic thing that I expected. And I'm like, because David Ross. Because they're not going to get an E key. He's learned how to go quicker to home plate. And then there's David Ross. And so, so no, they're going to be out. And there's Javi, yeah, and there's Javi tag porn. So, like, he doesn't, they don't get this shit. So, like, it was their narrative and it's it's off. And they can't adjust. That's the crazy thing. Right. And then... you know, after the pickoff, for them to get a single afterwards, you're like, oh, God. They Thank blew. God. I mean, not that you care as a, as a Cubs fan, but you're just like, what? Idiots. You guys yeah. had a fucking man on third right there. Yeah, yeah, but Smoltzy came in with really good analysis, and he only got, like, half a second to say it before uh, Rajay Davis hit into the double play to end the inning. But, you know, he said before you get onto that, the pitch, the pitch selection would have been different is what he said. Like if Chisenhall is up to bat and he's got a guy at first, he didn't think that Kyle Hendricks was gonna would have thrown the same pitch. He would have th- he wouldn't have thrown a contact. He might have been going after him a little more. Yeah, I think so. There was something there, and I was excited to hear it. And then uh, Rajay Davis hits into the five four three double play. Uh, you know, Bryant throws to Javi. Javi makes a great turn and gets Davis at first, which Davis is fast, so that's tough to get that 
Well, well, he threw him. I think he threw him inside on that when he hit that one out to right field. And I, I'm going to guess where Smoltz was going to go is, you know, Hendricks being the professor that he is, it's, it probably would have been a situation where he would have worked the guy low and outside, like from the middle to the outside of the plate, um, hoping to get something towards the center or the left side of the infield where they could get a double play and you can still have the first baseman kept keep the guy close to first um, without, you know, having a ball going through that gap over there. You know, that's, you kind of pitch him away, hoping that he hits it to the left side so you can make a play on it. So yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's where he was going to go with that. And this inning seemed like a bit longer of an inning, but it was only a 10 pitch inning. Uh, what made it long was the, those three pickoff throws. Yeah. And, and he was a little bit more it's slower to the plate when, when you get the, the leadoff man on, yeah. you know, so uh, I mean, maybe he was hurt the, from in hitting. I mean, I'm just making this up, but maybe you know you get hit with a ball. Maybe you're a little slower from then on in because right. he got hit in the, with the ball too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he did get hit right off the bat. So, yeah. So it, it seemed like a slower inning when in reality he only threw one extra pitch. Yeah. So, uh, so then we get. But into, he had the three pickup throws, which adds it up. So then we get into the third. And, uh, man, this I was getting nervous here because I thought we were getting to Kluber, and then all of a sudden I feel like we're not getting to Kluber. Right. Another six-pitch inning in this one. So he went from 19 to 7 to 6. <sighs> yeah, that's why I was like, fuck, he's settling in. This is going to be I – mean, we have one We have one run at this point. But by as impatient again, going after, just popping out to left. Um, Fowler got a piece of that ball, though, didn't he? Yeah, he hit it hard, but it was right at uh, Chisenhall. Yeah, and and Chisenhall, I think when he caught that, he still looked a little maybe like he could have fallen and dropped it. He really did. <laughs> yeah. He didn't Ch- look 100% confident. Chis- that. Chisenhall. Oh, he looked, he looked, I know Zobrist was the MVP, but Zobrist was sketchy in the outfield still. Um, yeah. There were times when he's going after a ball, you're like, God, is he taking any of the best angles on any of these balls? And I don't think he was, but Chisenhall was twice as bad. Chisholm this fall. Indians outfield was terrible in this series. That's uh, the big story that nobody's talking about. I think How don't don't, don't you think that ball in the sixth inning? I mean, the sixth game that fell between the center fielder and the right fielder will be the story moving forward. Though for the Indians, I mean, it's going to be their Bill oh. Buckner moment. It's going to be their Bartman moment. It's going to be their goat moment for this series. Because that's, I mean, that to me. I know they lost game five too, but that to me was the end of it. Like you could just tell they were nervous to be at home and they just fucking fell apart. And once it was game seven, I just, you, you, anything could happen, but you felt, you felt good about the Cubs and, and the situation that they were in. Yeah. Just yeah. the pressure they were putting on no, and, and the then, pressure they yeah, were feeling more importantly. Yeah. Now one good play uh, that Chisholm made was because Schwarber tried to stretch <laughs> this guy. Remember when uh, he blew his knee and yeah. he was never going to play again? Yeah. yeah. Now he's trying, he's to, trying fucking to fucking stretch a single. Stretch a single to a double. Yeah. I, di- I didn't like that play except for the fact, just because I didn't want him to get hurt. I mean, I get it with two outs. You're going to try to stretch it. But he was out by a mile. But he did fucking take Lindor out like a fucking champ. He, he, oh. did. he did. Lindor's half his size. Yeah. Well, the, the, guy, the guy's running on his robotic knee, and he's still probably about – 40 pounds overweight too, or, 50, or <laughs> yeah. 70 pounds overweight. Yeah. Um, he's just a thick, big dude. Uh, I, yeah. I was like, his knee is just going to crumble. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you know, you know that scene in Forrest Gump when he's running with his braces on his knees and the braces just explode yeah. and fly everywhere. Th- th- I was expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. 
So then we- that's it, it's funny that you bring up Forrest Gump because what is that? Which which guy looks like Bubba from Forrest Gump? Is it oh, Ramirez? God. Oh, Ramirez. Yeah, it's Ramirez. Oh, I was through this whole series. I've been looking at him like, God damn, he looks familiar. I gotta look at him. And then I finally realized yesterday he He's- is Bubba from Forrest Gump. And it's it doesn't Forrest- help because the, the guy who plays Bubba has that like big hanging lower lip and Ramirez puts all that dip in there. So it accentuates yeah. Yeah. it. So he looks like that. God, that guy's good. Isn't he? You don't ever want to see him again. He's yeah. such a scrappy player. Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Is that who you're talking about? Oh no. No. Yeah. No, Ramirez. Gump. The, no, no. The, the Bubba from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. His it name wasn't. is, his name is Forrest Whitaker. That's the, no, uh, no, no, it wasn't no, Forrest not. Whitaker. It was. You're, not. You're, that's ghost dog. That's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba. You mean the guy who runs the, no, the guy that went to Vietnam yeah. with uh, Forrest and, you know, shrimp this, shrimp that. I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> Danny, you're wrong. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's not Forrest. It's not Forrest Whitaker, it's, you dumbass. It's my Kelty Williamson. Hey. <laughs> don't, dude, you're so fucking racist. I can't believe it. It's like the fucking Fowler and Hayward thing all over again. I haven't yeah. seen Forrest Gump for forever. I think every, I, I mean, you know. It's super, it's super racist. That dude has a weird lip. Forrest Whitaker has a weird eye. You yeah. can't tell those two things apart. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I get lips. You and, eye, eye lip racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, okay. I, I'm, I'm not, what is this, fucking IMDB podcast? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the third, the third inning. No, uh, where they tie it. The third inning. Coco Chris starts out with a double to left field. Um, I had to kind of laugh when, uh, when the ball came in, Russell just turned and threw it to second. But like Javi was not at Dude, second base. Well, what was Russell doing throwing that ball? Like it, none okay. of that made sense. Like, well, wait, why wasn't Javi supposed to be at the bag on that play? Well, he was. He was close. Back, he was kind of on the center field side of the bag. And Russell just threw it right at uh, Coco Crisp. Right. And just, honestly, Coco Crisp just missed getting a fucking ball to the head, and it rolled out to Rizzo. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think you you throw that ball at all. Like, I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. It, it, was, it, it, it was lucky the way it all hammered out, though. It ended correct. up being much of a... Except for that he ended up scoring. Right. Um, yeah. Which then, uh, he would have anyway. So then Perez is bunting and Rizzo is fielding the ball on the third baseline, which was crazy. Yeah. That was nuts. It's it's not like Lester was pitching. Where the, where the fuck was Hendricks on that play? I know. Did he move? I don't think think he left a mound. But I think Hendricks falls off to the other side of the, you know, when he, He's still pitches. closer than Rizzo. Well, well, do you know what that play is there? Because he's a lefty and he's charging. He throws with his left hand. All right? Yeah. He charges, fields that ball. You've got Coco Crisp running to third. Rizzo is on the correct side of things to be able to throw to third and get the lead runner. Yeah, exactly. And they might have had a shot, but they needed Bryant to go back to third right away. And he he made a half step toward the ball because how can you not make a half step yeah it's at yeah that ball also coco crisp is in his late 30s i think 37 38 asked at he's still pretty fucking fast he really oh, yeah. is so there was not a good shot of getting him hey, out of any the play, any the play was the first but yeah. they needed to keep they needed to keep bryant at third because they knew that he was coming they needed to at least keep him honest so he just didn't make the turn and go halfway to home yeah i think if i think if bryant is just standing at 
third, I think Rizzo maybe tries to go for it. But he made the correct decision. Yeah, and took turn around, down. throw it to Javi, yeah. Well, Crisp is 37. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right on. And he's still fucking fast. Yeah. And then uh, and then Santana gets a hit, and uh, the Crisp scores, game tied. Which yeah. I, then I was like, "Fuck, man!" Now Kluber's somehow dealing. Yeah. Now we're tied. The crowd's then, back into it. Well, you know, should have scored more in the first. Overmanage. Right, and then fucking Montgomery's up. They show him. In, I'm like, "What is happening? Really? Now? Yeah. Hey, listen, at least he put Montgomery up and not fucking Chapman because I can't believe he didn't do that. Yeah, Chapman. <laughs> Chapman for five innings. Why? <laughs> why the fuck not? You know, they've yeah. only seen him the last three days. Joe, the dude no, pitched she- in a, a, a complete game. He pitched nine innings over the last th- – asked that. Nine innings over the last three days. Yeah. Oh, ridiculous. And remember, Hendricks is at like 24 pitches right at this point. Like he is and, not fucking deep into the game at all. And pitching well and had that first hit not gone uh, – you know, it, it just got fucked up, the play at second with Crisp when he threw that ball, like it wasn't necessarily all his fault. You know what I mean? With the things. Well, it was a, it was a good double and a clean single. I mean, he was getting hit, but I mean, two hits in the third, like, you know, that's not going to, and even just giving up one run that shouldn't make you freak out with the offense you have, you know, and the game's tied. We're not down one. It's tight. Yeah, and then it gets much worse from here because then the double play, the missed double play, Javi, second error in three innings. Man, what the fuck, man? Why the why the bare hand, my friend? Catch oh, the man. goddamn ball. He was rushing everything in this game. Everything. Yeah, yeah. way he ahead of himself. He his time on that, on that ball in the second, and then, you know, he tried to go bare hand on the one, which – in a regular game, who gives a shit? This is game seven. Like, make sure you're getting your outs. Yeah, yeah well, maybe because the Indians are a quick team. He was just worried about that constantly, like getting the ball to first fast. I don't know. Yeah. He looked well, like he was under pressure the whole time. Yeah. Well, it was it was frustrating because Hendricks had a 13-pitch inning going before that error. Like, he was out of the inning with 13 pitches, and then – he was he had to pitch nine extra pitches because of it, and for the first time, we start to see uh, was it, is it Holbrook the home plate ump? He starts to squeeze the pitchers a little bit, and I say pitchers. Hendricks started to get squeezed, but he 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 squeezed everybody at different times for the rest of this game. Wow. Yeah, so Hendricks starts to get squeezed a little. Lindor goes. Uh, Two and zero, but it to- it totally could have been one and one, and then Bazio is out to the mound. Yeah, which which I'm sorry, it, Nicole brought up a really good point. You know about you know I get going to the mound and stuff. You know, giving people like a little bit of a confidence, but Joe Madden and Bazio, for that matter, have shown absolutely no co- no confidence in their pitching staff during this entire. I mean, there's like three guys they trust. And, yeah, and, and that's guess it. Guess what? A lot of those guys are signed through next year, and I think that's going to be an issue. I agree. It I, might I, be. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, does does Ron Doan or fucking Strope even want to pitch for him anymore? Yeah, it it that, that was ridiculous. Like, I mean, I understand Ron Doan got a couple chances out there and wasn't very good. He's right. coming back from an injury, but Strope. Then why, unless there's something wrong with that knee that we don't know about, we should have seen 
a lot more stroke, even if he was coming in for a one batter pitching. Right. You know. Well, and then if you had no intention of using Rondon during the World Series, how about putting another fucking bat on the roster? Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, maybe just as an emergency measure. Yeah. Tommy yeah. Listella didn't get to play one inning. Come on. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Fuck no, that so- traitor. Spelled yeah. T R A D E R, <laughs> just like just like a yeah. Just, well, just, after after just the like Cardinals from fan. Fazio, uh, we got the Lindor flied out. The runners had to hold because of where it was, uh, and then Napoli hits a rocket to third base, and Bryant makes a great play. He really does. Yeah, I I thought it was. I couldn't even tell it was on a fly. I know when I first saw that. I didn't understand why he wasn't thrown to first. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was so fast. He would, I can't believe he got that ball. I can't believe he got him out of second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so then we go into the fourth inning. Uh, Cubs dance out of it. And then finally they get, not only do they get uh, to Kluber again, but they get him out of the game with this. And it well, they should have got him out of the game. He comes back for one more batter in the fifth, and that was a mistake on Francona's part. Right, right. So, yeah, Bryant works the full count. Which uh, it was nice to see the patience. I'm hoping somebody started talking to these guys and be like, listen, yeah. it's our second time through. Let's be patient. Let's get this guy the fuck out of here. It's the fourth inning. He's he's already in there too long. Yep. And then, you know, he so he gets a hit. Then Rizzo – Gets hit by a pitch. Plunk returns in the biggest uh, game ever. He didn't even try to move. <laughs> he, didn't, yeah. he didn't even think about moving. Nah, he didn't. And listen, he took that one. I think the night before he took one, too. One off the back of the elbow and one on the side. And, I mean, his arm had to be purple. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that dude doesn't wear. Uh, I know. Like, just the elbow thing. He's going to break his elbow someday. You know that, right? Yeah. Because that's where he gets hit most is in the arm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or in the fucking ribs, which I oh god, oh god that I can't imagine kill, a yeah. ninety-eight mile an hour fastball hitting me in the ribs. I'd fucking lay down like a little kid and cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh god, I oh. can't breathe. Help! I I had like a fucking ten-year-old hit me with a pitch uh, last summer, and it, like the next day, I could barely walk on that leg. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so then you know, Zobrist hits it to Napoli over at first Napoli goes for the double play you know throw to second back to first but uh Lindor is off the bag and then Rizzo takes him out yeah for the second time in as many innings I might add because Schwarber took him out and then Rizzo took him out I love it big dudes taking a little dude to the ground (laughs) yeah by by the way had Rizzo somehow got done more than just take him out and reached for the bag he would have been he, safe. He would have been safe. Yeah, if his hand the tag on went the bag, under his, the tag went under his body. It was so weird when they showed that replay. I'm like, holy shit, they didn't tag him. I'm like, oh, but he fell on top of him and he's holding the ball. So he's yeah, out. no, he if he would have slid to the the pitcher's side of the bag, he might have been safe because that throw was to the second base part of the bag. And and can I can yeah. I just ask a, a general baseball question? Like you see these guys, like he was reaching for the tag and like trying to avoid the body and the contact. Why don't more players just jump on top of each other? Because <laughs> in a force play, you just got to touch them. Well, it, it it was a yeah in a force play. I mean, you just have to have your foot on the base. But I don't think he could have or, right or 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 touch him. You know, or yeah, or no, but or just like tag him anywhere. I mean, 
I'm saying like he was reaching with his glove, but kind of like over his body and reaching and trying not to touch him. Why didn't he just fall on him? Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. <laughs> Why avoid him? Yeah, because then he's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so ultimately he is out. There's, you know, there's a bunch of replay and bullshit. Uh, it was pretty easy to see how he got out, but I think there was some confusion just about what the pl- play call was. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Contreras misses a home run to dead center by like four feet. Well, well you, missed, you missed the yeah. Bryant. You missed Bryant. Bryant scores on the very next play with the Russell oh, yeah, with the Russell pop. It. Yeah, I mean that. I didn't think that was deep enough to score Bryant. Oh that yeah, was Davis ballsy. Again. That was ballsy as hell for him to go, and it was a great play. It yeah. was a great slide. The throw was high. He came down not in time. You know that was that was beautiful. And did they challenge that play? No, they no, but it was it, it was it. it was close, but it was clearly out. He got his foot between his legs and got the fucking plate. It was unbelievable. Well, and and you know, Smoltz is talking uh, that Davis, may, you know, he made a bad throw, but the bad throw came from him not thinking there was going to be a tag up, and so he didn't set up for the throw. Right, right. So he, he took caught it flat-footed. Yeah, he did, and he took a big hop to throw the ball like he had to reset his body and then throw it so it took you know it was it was a second and a half but that was the out yeah and and again the outfield for the indians cost them this series in in a number of different ways yeah Uh, and i mean i bet there's times during the regular season when you're out there playing left field and a ball comes to you and there's a man on third you make a lazy play on it you throw it in you hope you get the guy but you got to think of the world series like Every play you're going to set up, yeah. Situational, like, okay, if the ball comes to me and I'm moving in, I got to go. I got to be ready to fucking get the guy tagging up at at third. Maybe he didn't think he was going to go. You know, maybe because he was so shallow, he was like, there's no way this fucking guy runs. Yeah, that's what I think. And and yet, I think that the, uh, you know, I think Bryant just understood. He's watching how the guy was setting up under the ball. And he was like, I'm going. Yeah. You know, it was it was it was a great play. It was the same thing in Game Six when, uh, you know, when Zobris had to get in there, like force the Indians to make the play. Well, especially because they've already proved their outfield to be, you know, kind of a shit show. So why not? You know, why not yeah. force the force the play? And then you end up with Zobris on second on that play. And then when Contreras hits the double, he scores easily. You know, uh, right. You know, so it, it all it all kind of worked out. I mean, it could have gone much differently. I mean, it was some pretty tight tight plays there, but um, you know, Dude, D- Davis could have had that ball, but he broke one step forward and then went back. Like he just misread the ball off the bat, and for whatever reason, that ball was just flying into center uh, in this game, and just so he wasn't he he couldn't get back fast enough. Uh, to be able to make a play in front of the wall. Man, I hope Don Strand has another uh, marathon to run <laughs> because we're, <'cause> we're <laughs> oh, almost at two hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're in the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the fourth. Oh, my God. This is where I was yesterday watching this game. Fuck, I was dying in the fourth. Uh, so then, you know, of course, Hayward pops out to Lindor at short, um, you know, to end this inning. Uh Kluber threw 24 pitchers. Uh, John Lester is shown warming up. Uh, 
like what the well the the only thing that i could have hoped in that situation is that the reason that lester was warming up then he does take a little bit to get going and he has a routine for game days when he warms up and i was thinking they were giving him an inning or two to warm up for like the seventh but uh, i don't know it, it still feels weird to see that when at this point hendricks is going well and buck one of the only things he ever said that was getting good was you know that uh he liked Hendricks and he thought Hendricks looked good and he didn't see any reason to take him out. Smoltz agreed with him. Um, but yeah. And then of course, Buck brings up game seven, 1945 versus the Tigers. Uh, because why not? It's not like the Indians have ever had a bad, uh, <laughs> they, they've never had a bad, uh, world series, right? Yeah. Well, now they have a fourth one under the belt within since 1945. Yeah. So yeah. we get, we get into the, the bottom of the fifth, uh, Ramirez hits that ball to Rizzo and Kyle. Um, I, I was, bottom I was the fourth, by the way. Oh, bottom yeah, of the fourth. fourth okay. Yeah, fourth. So, so the listeners aren't like, wait, did I miss something? Yeah, no, bottom of the fourth. Um, I was really hoping that Chapman was paying attention to how uh, Kyle got over to first base because that's exactly how you do it. You run, dude. It, oh yeah, yeah. It, it made it look like a routine play. In fact. Exactly. And, and it really wasn't. It because, was it was tight. It was really tight. Yeah, and really, I'm sorry, but Kyle, great fourth inning. You know, uh, how many pitches total? Ten pitches. Ten pitches. He got Chisenhall to pop out to Zobrist, and then Rajay Davis flew out to Hayward and right. Yeah, and then with the Cubs with the lead at this point, three to one, like three I'm not one. feeling super comfortable, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, all right, we're – Kyle's dealing again because the little messy last inning and uh, now he's back in it. Now, granted, well, I won't say, you know, now, I, I won't say that these are not their best hitters, but they are their, you know, five, six and seven hitters, you know? Yeah. And, and, and guess what? There's some time around this time where they're showing Lester warm up and they're talking. I think Smoltz was talking that he had talked to Madden before the game about using Lester. He said, well, we'll bring him in in a clean inning because we don't want to bring him up with runners on base. Uh, because, you know, that's just not his situation. So, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, so he won't come out next inning if there's trouble. Maybe he comes out in the sixth or the seventh, right? That's yeah. still what you're thinking, even though he's still warming up. Yeah. It makes total sense what they're saying and what Madden said before the game. And if he could have just stuck with that, I think. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Been... So, But that's yeah. kind of the narrative yeah. that you're expecting. That you're so expecting. You're like, okay, he, he's warming up. You're like, but he's not going to use well, him and, like in the middle of the sixth. He's going to wait. And then in the bottom of the fifth, the Cubs gave give Madden even less of a reason to bring in John Lester. Yeah, right. in the top of the in the top of the fifth. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, in the top of the fifth. In the top of the fifth, Baez homers, making it four to one. You know, uh, Kluber which, gets knocked which, out. Which, which, Again, by, which, by the way, was was the answer to those couple errors that he he made. Well, I think you know, it's like okay, he he fucking all's well, forgiven. Nobody scored because yep. of Baez's errors. By the way, right. So, but but either way, like he looked like an asshole, and then he's and then he got to every run counted into this game. Obviously, we already know that. So, like yeah. this was huge. Uh, Kluber Kluber uh, leaves. Uh, well, he should have never a, been in there in the fifth. He, he should have. Tally was done after the fourth, didn't you? Do you think that Frank Kona thought that uh, Kluber was just going to either walk Baez or Baez was going to strike himself out? Well, that's what he's been doing, so why not? Yeah, I, that's the only reason I can see Francona putting him in there in order to give Miller just that one extra thing. But he left that pitch out there, and Baez destroyed it. 
Yeah, that was that was nice. And then uh, so then Miller comes in, and who we've also seen like what five times now. Yeah. And Fowler immediately gets a hit, uh, and then um, Schwarber hits in the double uh, into a double play. But he almost he almost beat it out. But there's, now there's two outs. Uh, Cubs have got one in. It's four one. Uh, Bryant works a nine pitch at bat. Finally gets a walk. Um, now, what were you saying, Michael? You were you were like you were t- been talking about how they've been getting squeezed. Would you say that the ump did yeah, was so, that uh, strike three so or was it those, ball four? Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I'm not sure what the count was, but um, I think so. Miller got squeezed on the pitch before I think uh, before yeah. So it was ball three could have easily been strike three. Yeah, like, it was three and two at the time, and and I remember Bryant was fouling off ball after ball after yeah. ball after ball on all these uh, Miller sliders, and then finally, uh, yeah, it's been twenty four hours and I'm already losing my mind. Um, yeah, no, there was just one pitch. In in the hard part about this was they didn't actually show the graphic until later in the game that that ball was literally on the black part of the plate, like in their little box, Mm -hmm. the line in the box split that ball perfectly. So that's a strike. And it was called a, it was called a ball. I mean, this was going on for both teams, but Miller got squeezed there and forces him to come over the plate. I mean, that's what happens if you're a batter and the pitcher's getting uh, strikes outside the strike zone. You have to expand your strike zone, and then you start to strike out. Yeah, because Rizzo, uh, with a one and two count, was you know was able to to knock in uh, Bryant all the way from first. I mean, what, Bryant, I think, was kind of moving on the play. Bryant, yeah, because there's two outs. There's two, there's outs, two outs, but so... Bryant, it's, I think, was moving before the pitch. Is what I'm saying. I think he was running to second anyway. Yeah. Um, and he was and he was hauling ass. He hit what twenty miles per hour on their graphic. Yeah, and but you know Miller ends up throwing a lot of pitches in that inning. Yeah, that's right. That I did hear that twenty miles per hour. Brian is running. He wanted that plate bad. Yeah, but I think that comes directly from the ump squeezing Miller a little bit, and now Miller has to go over the plate a little more than he probably wants to, and Rizzo gets that hit, and then Zobrist damn near put one out of the park. Yeah, that was close. That was close, yeah, right at the wall. And honestly, if uh, it was. It looked like the same distance as Javi's, or not Javi's, uh, Contreras's double, but Davis had a better read on it. You know, because it would have hit halfway up the wall and, you know, bounced yeah. around a little bit if he hadn't caught it. But yeah, Miller threw 20 pitches, uh, and he got two outs on five pitches before Chris Bryant came up and the Cubs uh, started putting up. And, and got some more hits. Yeah, Bryant with that nine pitcher, man, that that really made all the difference at that inning. So now we get into the bottom of the fifth. All right, Cubs are now uh, in control of this ball game, right? I it, mean, it, it is just a matter of time until they're champs. Yeah, f- it's five to one. I'm like, there's no possible way they could fuck this up. This th- th- now, th- I know that they've got the guns. Hendricks is has t- totally dealing last inning. And Perfect. then he was great. He was, and, and then, he's dealing in this inning. Well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, Chris, Chris grounds out. Yeah. 
Perez strikes out. So, yeah, he gets the first two. And then Santana walks, but uh, Holbrook, the ump, he missed strike three. Yeah, that yeah. was strike three. Well, I could was... tell from the bleachers that that was strike three. It was, Dude, it was It was really, really fucking bad. Yeah, even when Indians fans were like, it. ooh. Like, like, they made an audible sound. I don't know if you can go back and listen to that. It might have been the Cub fans, but you knew that that was strike three. I mean, I didn't see the pitch. Where was it? Oh, it was right down the fucking middle. It was uh, maybe one-fourth of the way up in that little box. Yeah, it was right in the low. Middle. I think he was saying it was low. Yeah, and it was not even fucking close. It wasn't close to all. So that happens, and fucking Madden panics. Dude. Worst move of the game. And, worst move. And worst and move of back. the year. Yeah, of the year. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe pitching Chapman in game six was pretty bad, too. Um, yeah. But, but dude, what the fuck? I mean, he said before the game, I won't, will only use Lester in a clean inning. I won't bring him in with men on because everyone here knows that he doesn't like to pitch out of the stretch. He doesn't like it when there's men on base, when he hasn't put them there. And he needs to settle in for a minute. You're putting him in a horrible situation. Yeah, and well, and he, Madden panicked, man. Dude, he really did. I also feel like Lester had been up in that pen for a very long time. And I feel like Madden thought if he didn't bring him in right then, he wasn't going to be able to use him. Like, yep. it felt like he had he had gone oh, to him too God. early, and now he had to use him or something. What's, that's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. come on. These are Major League Wait, Baseball players. If you're yeah. going to pull him, put, a, put fucking Montgomery in there. Put fucking... Dude, yeah, put, put, yeah, Rondon, I don't know. Somebody for an inning. Or a, yeah. a batter. A batter. Yeah. Wood. Yeah. Oh, it was it was terrible. It was the worst. Like, watching this game, I could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah. I think I think most of Cubs Nation was with you. Dude, and then so that- Smoltz was just saying on the broadcast, don't interrupt. Hendricks like he was saying Hendricks is doing great don't walk out don't fucking bother him just let him keep pitching yes he could have pitched a complete it a complete game at that point I know he was he was great so Kipnis so Kipnis comes up and bunts which is what they do to Lester goddamn Kipnis the worst Cubs fan ever (laughs) fucker god this guy killing us and you see it happening and Ross goes out to make the play and Ross who's been so good all these players, except for, I think, once in game six or game five when he was going to throw to second and the ball slipped out of his hand, which also happened in this inning. Oh, yeah. A lot happened in this he, inning. Yeah. So he goes to throw to first. He throws it away. Now, that bunt was well down the line. That yeah. was a really hard ball to get to. And honestly, that would have been Bryant's ball if they had been in a uh, uh, prevent bunt formation or whatever they're doing on defense if, he, sure. if they'd have been if they'd had the corners drawn in that would have right. been you're Bryant's not expecting ball. bunt with two outs right and ross made a nice play on it he got to that ball quick i was surprised yeah but and if throw. the ball's not out of if it's not over uh away from rizzo it's an out yeah so then so first and second lindor up Lester bounces that ball into the dirt, hits Ross in the face mask. Yeah. Ross falls back. Dude, I thought he had a concussion. Me too. That happened. He, he might have. Like he got hurt. He might have. Um, 
Ross falls down. Santana scores. Kipnis scores from second. Fucking from second yeah. on a goddamn It's uh, that huge back pitch. area. That area behind home plate is just spacious. Yeah. Well, and, and Ross, not only did he fall down, but he fell away from the ball. That's what made it look so bad. Yeah. It looked How like he got knocked he out. Yeah, I thought he was. I, I because did. he was I, on I his feet, out. and then he fell back. I was like, oh, he's really hurt. Yep. But he shook his head, shook it off. Um, they scored those two runs, and then every Cubs fan, I mean, I just start seeing people rubbing their faces, <laughs> running their fingers through their oh, yeah. hair. People are, like, tugging at their clothes in the bar. I mean, it's on TV, too, but just everybody I'm around, the breathing starts getting more well, like, Well, oh, I mean, 5-1 f- and 5-3. I mean, I don't need to tell anybody that, you know – that's you know, that's a grand slam versus a two-run homer tie, you know? Yep. So that's huge. Yeah, I have to say, I did not get that nervous. I honestly Still winning. didn't get that Still nervous winning. in this whole game. But I wasn't around other people that could affect my mood either. Yeah, yeah. so you made a good move by being yeah. Uh, yeah. just around your family. I, I kept having to leave the stands from here on in. <laughs> like, I kept right. leaving my seat and walking around. That's why I was downstairs when the the Rajay Davis ball was hit a couple innings later. So So we get to top of the sixth. We're worried about Lester. We're worried about Ross. Fucking Russell pops out to first, and then Grandpa Rossi, man. Holy shit. You cannot go out of the the league, retire, with a better two games than what this guy just had. Yeah, except for what had just happened to him in the fifth, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> except, for, except for the concussion. He'll never remember that because he was knocked the fuck out. So it's still a great game. To just him. goes to show you the brain injuries, they, they make you make magic. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, again, right over, uh, right over Davis. Same spot. How is It just seems so weird to me that all three of those home runs went right out in the exact same spot. Yeah. I know. uh, Somebody I know on Facebook um, wrote, man, if this was like the corniest, cheesiest movie scripts written written by Hollywood professionals, these are some of the storylines that they would have gone with. The veteran team leader who in game five of the World Series, which thinks is going to be his last game, hits a home run and throws somebody out at second and walks off the field, but then comes in in a relief appearance it's a home run in the game or the excitable and dynamic kid makes two errors and redeems himself with a home run. Yeah. <laughs> or the guy that blows his knee early in the movie and we don't right. see from him. Right. He shows right. up to be the MVP at yeah. the end. Yeah. I got that one. The questionable pitching move that leads to two runs being scored on a wild pitch off after knocking the catcher out. The, the hobbled outfielder who rushed back from knee surgery gets three hits. Yeah. The eighth inning game-tying home run against the dominant closer. All the rain it. delay in which the big-money free agent who has struggled all season calls an impromptu team meeting to fire up the guys. <laughs> the, the bench former starting catcher drives in what would be the game-winning run. The rookie on the mound in the ninth trying to close out the game. Yeah. The final ground ball going to the MVP. The carrying off of the third string catcher off the field as the champions. Like, seriously. Yeah, all of these it. These are all things that happened in one game. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Um, no, Buck actually started to talk about the bad strike zone uh, hurting both teams. Like, it started to be even more noticeable. And I think this is when they went back and showed that uh, that pitch in the fifth that Cal uh, Hendricks threw. Um, Ross was the oldest player to hit a home run in the World Series off of that one. All right, cool. It wasn't, and, it wasn't Kurt Gibson? Guess not. No, not anymore. 
and then the worst mic'd up ever. They're like, let's go to David Ross. He's mic'd up for the game. Let's watch, you know, him after the home run. He says nothing. He doesn't make a sound. You just hear his <laughs> he <just> fucking run. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> throw a hand <laughs> up. Doesn't that he could have just fucking popped out the way that he ran around those bases. Yeah, and my and he my he had a concussion. Part. Give him a break. He he forgot how to speak English. He it would have come out in like Polish or something. Like you know how people. Honestly, I, he he really could have because I have had a pretty serious concussion and you do kind of shut down. You're you're just like like when he's running to first, he's probably thinking to himself, "Okay, where's second? Yeah, don't fall over. Yep. Oh, oh okay. There's second. There's first second. Base, oh, where's third? Base. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. I'm not sitting. That is how hard it is to if if people out there have never had a concussion. Well, he had the wherewithal tired, and you don't know what you're doing. He had the wherewithal to come back and give everybody bumps to their dicks. Listen, if we can make possible on John Baker Day, David Ross Day. And dick bumps have to be part of the celebration. Maybe a, <laughs> I mean, maybe I know the belly flop bobblehead is a great idea, but maybe a dick bump bobblehead. Oh my god, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it, was, it would be so him, great. Him and Fowler dick bumping at the top of the dugout is just about the greatest, the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I tried well, to get then, a picture of that. It ended up blurry. I'm sad. Yeah, and then in the dugout, literally dick bumping every single player, and they're just focused on it you notice they didn't show any of that again because i think they were focused on it and they were like oh my god what did we just see they're bumping dicks yeah they're bumping dicks and and how did saturday night live not use that as a skit yeah true the ball on that one they had yeah they had three more days to get that together you know I, i mean how does david ross not come out and just bump crotches with every single person on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he had Alec Baldwin playing Donald Trump there. I mean, it writes itself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, grab my God. Him, grab him by the dick bump. He, he's, he's bumping everybody's dicks, and then he gets to Donald Trump, and he just grabs it. It could have been, oh. an, it could have been, an, it could have been how they ended every sketch. Oh, my God. With, yeah, with David Ross coming out David dick Ross bumping people. Dick bumps. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice sketch, dick bump. Yeah. And then, so, I, and by the way, that SNL appearance, like I know everybody loves it because you know the Cubs are now making their rounds and stuff, doing the shows. But man, is Saturday Night Live has that show not been funny in a what a decade and a half? I'm I'm gonna prove you wrong, Danny. I'm gonna send you some skips skits over the last decade and a half of some funny shit. All right, cool. Because I mean, the, the four over the last fifty yeah, years, I the mean, four sketches that were good. Well, but he, he said he said not funny, so I'm going to show him funny. Well, well, <laughs> and even like because I'm a comedy writer, that's like my day job. And should that woman? And I thought that this was pretty funny that she dies, you know, in the sketch the Cubs were in, she dies. Yeah, and, it started out well. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is really funny. Like they're like uh, got the Chippendales on a on a dead lady. That's oh, that's always going to be funny. But why did um, the the Cubs should have come out and brought her back to life with their dancing? <laughs> right, it's a better that's ending. Such a better tagline. She comes back to life because of the Cubs. Because the Cubs were dead. Right. Everybody said the Cubs were dead, and they brought it and back then to they life. Came back to life. Yep. Well, oh, I'm, I'm just, just saying. You just fucking wrote that much better. Yeah, exa- it's it's not a really big stretch. It's just one more fucking thing that happens in the sketch. But instead, it just ends. Yep. It and just then, ends. And then, 
everybody's so excited that they all go dick bump David Ross. Yeah, exactly. And then every, in fact, I think that's Saturday Night Live from now on should just be dick bumping. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So, all right. So, so, so we're winning. Let's move on. That bottom was of, fun, but, you know. B- bottom of the seventh, Napoli <laughs> strikes out. And because of that strikeout, the Indians will now not make a qualifying offer to Mike Napoli or Rajay Davis. They are no longer Indians. Wow. How do you not make a qualifying? I mean, okay, if you take out the bad play in the field, Rajay Davis was great, right? Yeah, he or was really it was. just in this game? Well, I feel like in the whole series he was good. Talking to Gary, Rajay Davis was not one of those guys that played every day anyway. Right. Like he was just kind of in there sometimes. Like, you know, he had a great World Series, you know, and it partly is probably because of he's a veteran, he wasn't nervous, you know, but I mean, dude's. Like Coco. He, he's yeah. the Daniel Murphy of this team. Yeah, dude. Like he did nothing until the playoffs. I mean, dude's 36 years old. Yeah, you know, uh, he he played in 134 games, uh, 454 at bats. So he's he's not out there all the time. I mean, he's out there quite a bit, but you know, in the regular season, he he batted 249. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I well, can see and, why. They and didn't. I'm totally being uh, like an Indians fan. I watched seven games with the guy, and I'm like, yeah, he should make millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. After Napoli strikes out, Ramirez grounds out to Russell with a big stretch by Rizzo. And not only was it a big stretch, I went back and watched that. I don't know that his foot was still on the bag. Nobody Dude, challenged it. it. Nobody said anything. I think his foot was off the bag. Yeah, it was uh, real There were close. a lot of things Francona could have challenged in this game, and he didn't and challenge anything. Does Does Rizzo have a flaw in his game at first where he puts the side of his foot on the bag? Shouldn't he figure out how to get his toe on the bag or something? Because his foot comes off the bag a lot I when think, he stretches. I think more the Cubs need to, like, throw better to him. Yeah, throw the ball to him. Yeah, They're so used to being able to just, like, throw it wherever, and Rizzo gets it, you know, and it, that's got to be better. Yeah, and Lyle, come on. You're never going to hear me say that Rizzo has a flaw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's something he could work on in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I think the guys need to throw better to him. Uh, we didn't even talk about Kipnis and him slamming into each other on the David Ross throw. Like, Kipnis oh. went down like a fucking sack of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. I thought Kipnis was going to die. Yeah, Rizzo's a big boy. He <laughs> took like, out oh, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, he Kipnis was. Kipnis is a big boy, and you saw how hard he got hit by Rizzo. Yeah. So then uh, Geyer and. Uh, comes in for Chisholm Hall and how much is, you know, getting Ramirez out is so huge because at this point, uh, you know, now you're looking at first and second one out, you know, or first and third even uh, because Geyer comes in in singles. So they got something going on. Uh, But uh, luckily, uh, Davis got uh, Baez Baez, uh, throughout uh, Rajay Davis. But, you know, to me, it's like Lester wasn't sharp in this relief appearance overall like you say like it's a lot of the bad calls but man he he just didn't have too many he was a little bit wild early but then seemed to settle in he he never felt like lester lester you know what i mean get one bad call uh and you know lester gets pissed off yeah and and he got put into a really bad situation there when um Madden first put him in with a runner on base, and I don't think he fully recovered from that, although you did see a sense of relief on his face when he was in the dugout and um, uh, Ross hit that home run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and then uh, Chisenhall or not Chisenhall, uh, Geyer comes in in this inning. Is it just me? Like that guy seemed to always get hits. Yeah, anytime he came in, he seemed to do something. Yeah, and when I was watching this game, I have to tell you guys, I know what inning Rajay Davis hits his home run. Every time he came to the plate while I was watching it yesterday, anxiety. <laughs> You're like, oh, God, here comes like, this guy again. I know he's about to strike out, but I'm like, I'm just anxious every time I see him out there. Yeah. Well, God. It was hard. Well, well, Geyer went six for 18 in this series overall. Three ribbies, and uh, in this game, he went two for two with a walk. So yeah. you can't really yeah, ask much a- more than from a utility guy than that. Yep. All right, so we move on to the seventh. Miller is still in, uh, which seems, again, starts to seem like a mistake. They're seeing him more and more, you know? Fowler singles. Um, he almost gets thrown out at first while that Schwarber. That was super close. Dude, I can't believe Francona doesn't challenge that. I know. It was close enough to challenge. Yeah. I, I think he was safe, but honestly, you challenge it just in case they decide to change it. You know? Yeah. That seemed like a mistake on Francona's part. Maybe sure. Francona's mistakes were that he didn't manage enough and Madden's were that he managed too much. Yeah, well, Schwarber gives the next ball a ride, and then Miller's gone. Um, 43 pitches in. They bring Cody Allen in. And then uh, Bryant strikes out. Fowler steals and gets thrown out, which sucked. And then with the strike him out, throw him out, double play. Yeah, but you know what's weird? It's like I don't feel like he got the tag on him. You know, it it feels like he tagged under where his chest was. Yeah. But Um, whatever, he was out. Yeah, it was – I don't yeah, think I, I, I don't think I don't you're going to reverse the call, but you know I I just think that maybe he didn't tag him. Yeah, his body touched him though, so it was a force play. He was out anyway. I think that's what was determined. Yeah, and then they went to one of the funniest things I thought in this game uh, on the Fox broadcast. They started showing the celebrities, uh, you know, Bill Murray, John Cusack, Eddie Vedder, Bonnie Hunt. Uh, where's she been the last like three years? Like she used to always be out there singing seventh inning stretches. Yeah, and stuff. she's I'm, been around. I love Bonnie Hunt. You know, but who really loves Bonnie Hunt? I love Bonnie Hunt. My wife and I, as soon as Bonnie Hunt came on, we were both like, "Oh, look, it's Bonnie Hunt!" Like we were excited about that. I don't know why we were excited about that, but we were. I mean, what was she even in? Uh, she, she's been in a ton. TV shows. Yeah, yeah a lot of TV like, shows, a lot of eighties movies. Well, but I honestly, I know her the most just from. Uh, being on Cubs broadcasts, she would be in there and she'd be, you know, having conversations with Pat and Ron Santo and, you know, she was fun. That's, that's honestly, it's where I know her from the best, but whenever I see a show that she's in, it always, I don't know. I always like it. I, for some reason. Um, but then on the other side, they showed LeBron, of course, for Cleveland. And then they showed, yeah. And then they showed Charlie Sheen. Sheen is a, is a lifelong Reds fan. Like it was, you look it up. Lifelong Reds fan. He loves all baseball. He yeah. was in the movie Major League as an Indian, so I get while he's there. Yeah, that's why he's there. Yeah, yeah, but he's not there as like a diehard Indians fan. And LeBron, the big story in two thousand seven was when he actually went to the game wearing his Yankees hat in the playoffs against the Yankees. Yeah, total bullshit. Yeah. So in other words, the Cleveland Indians have nobody. <laughs> yeah, they have, like, they literally show two people who are not fans of the team. 
<laughs> That's in, in, a, in a 95-year-old Supreme Court justice. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he's a Cubs fan. Right. Oh, right. That's right. He is yeah. a Cubs fan. I was thinking he was the <laughs> Yeah. No, he had he, nobody. Yeah, okay. he, was, he, was, right. he was waiting to die. He, right. could, he was waiting for the Cubs to win so he could finally, uh, you know, go to that big uh, courtroom in the sky. All right, Danny, take us to the bottom of the seventh. Well, it's going well. Coco Chris pops out to left. Uh, Perez walks. Uh, but then uh, Naquin comes into pinch run. And uh, Gomes replaces Perez as the catcher. Uh, right. So the next inning, that means that Perez is out of the game. Perez, yeah, Perez is out. Uh, which Sant- means six catchers in this game at the end. Oh, God. that That's the kind of <laughs> baseball I like, though. Um, San- more catchers. More catchers. Uh, Santana... He hits it right back at Lester, and now that this moment, <laughs> Lester looks at second. Javi's standing there, being like, "Throw it, Johnny!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Don't, the ball, buddy! Yeah, you come on, it. you can do it!" And it's just like, "No, don't do it!" And just throw it. Get the out, man. Get the out. It'll be two outs. We'll be good. Um, you know, thank God he didn't try to throw to second because that ball might have ended up where all those home runs were hit. Oh yeah, in the and- power alley. And and once again, Lester has a ball stuck in his glove. He needs to call Nike, whoever makes his gloves. They're awful. Yeah, what's up with the fucking glove? Because, I mean, e- either that or my first thought was, like, he was going to blame the glove for not being able to throw to bases. You know, he's like, right. stupid glove. Man, I would have had him at second if it wasn't <laughs> for this goddamn glove. I know. And th- Well, then, then you have Kipnis up in this situation. Oh, no. And... Worst Cubs fan on the planet. Worst Cubs fan ever. And, you know, me and Michael, I think, are texting back and forth at this point. I'm like, I just, I don't want to see this guy in this situation. He's been fucking crushing us. And it's the perfect narrative for the Cubs losing is a lifelong Cubs fan plays for the Indians and destroys the Cubs in game seven. I mean, what's the, the, what story is better than that if you want the Cubs to lose? He's a worse Cub fan than Bartman. I know. Leave Bartman alone. He didn't do anything. But at least he, yeah. at least Kipnis struck out. But he struck out. So then we yeah. get to the top of the seventh, and it's we're rolling here, right? We're just you mean like, the top of the eighth? I mean, top, top of the eighth. We're in the eighth. We're in the top of the, I'm sorry. We're in the top of the eighth, and we're fucking rolling, right? We got this. Yeah. We got right. this. We're, yeah, Even we're, though the game is slowing way down, not much is happening. Yeah. Right. Because Rizzo K's um, on a, a drop third strike. Zobris grounds out. I mean, it was a quick inning, right? Uh, Russell pops out like, but it doesn't matter because we're winning. So it feels like, okay, that's okay. We'll lull them into a sense of, you know, that that's what you should do. You just come up and go one, two, three. Uh, you know, you got, I'm thinking Lester's going to come back out. I'm, I'm actually thinking at this point, I'm hoping Lester finishes the game because I do agree with I, you that he kind of settled in. And I feel the same way. Me, me and Michael are texting at this point. I'm like, don't pull Lester. Whatever you do, I know your gut reaction is go to Chapman 8th and I Let the guy work three outs. Don't pull Lester until you have to pull Lester. Yeah, you get See, it, six outs I left. wanted somebody else up in that bullpen. Right. I think Let's that was my Montgomery. main Yeah, my main thing was I didn't want Lester to come out right then because I didn't want it to be Chapman then. I wanted one of the other guys, Stroke or somebody. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, because nobody was available in the bullpen except for Chapman. He was the only one warming up. Yeah, because Joe doesn't trust anybody else, obviously, because this is the third game in a row. Well, he's not in yet. Chapman's not in yet because Lester still looks good. He gets a ground out from Lindor. A strikeout from Napoli, which uh, I guess 
there's a bad call there, you think? Uh, oh, yeah. It looked yeah, okay. it was another – it was – sorry. It was on the yeah. black, right? I mean, it was kind, yeah. kind of – it was on the outside half of the plate. You know what well, I mean? Well, no, no. Oh, no. This one is not. Like, when I'm watching – Sure it was. No, oh, yeah, sure. sure it was. Sure it was. It was It was on the black if the black extended into the left-handed left, uh, batter's box. <laughs> into the Cubs' dugout, yeah. Yeah. It was way out. I mean, this ump was – he got real bad. Like, and it wasn't all the time. Like, he would – call most of them good but every half inning there was always like one pitch that was either uh, a ball should have been a strike or a strike should have been a ball you know it was it was crazy yeah and then napoli i could tell was not happy and no the- he was he was pissed as he should be when they showed that it like it was well outside of that uh box now we've seen in the past that, that box is off you yeah. know what i mean so yeah. i guess you take can't it all trust with a grain of salt but then uh, Ramirez singles, and uh, almost had it. Baez should have probably made the play on that. That yeah, but it's tough when the ball is getting kicked around yeah, out it there. Was. Yeah, yeah, it was. But then uh, you know Joe freaks the fuck out again. Yep. And with two outs, brings in Chapman. With and a, we all know just a man how on bad first. Chapman is dude with guys in base. Yeah, not only that. Yeah, because what's that? Six of the twelve at some point yeah, we said during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Tw- he inherited twelve runners and let six of them score. Yeah. and it, I don't know what it, in the playoffs. I don't think it was that bad, but it was, so, no, it was bad enough. No, granted, probably worse at this point. <laughs> at this point, you're only looking for a a four out save. So this is a little bit better of a situation than let's say bringing him in for you know three innings in game five. Putting him out there in a blowout for no reason in game six. So now this is the third game in a row that they're going to see Chapman, whose arm's about to fall off of his shoulder, which we predicted, by the way. We actually predicted it was going to fully explode, like on the natural. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm not ruling that out. Yeah. We don't know what was inside his jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He was crying. I think he was crying because of the pain yeah, of his but, shoulder. Well, maybe his crying, his tears put out the fire. <laughs> well, worse for me. So there's two outs. Lester's in there. And I'm trying to get a beer. And I'm desperate. My waitress is nowhere to be found. And I'm so thirsty. And I was like, I'm going to walk to the bar and get a beer. And where I'm standing at the bar, I can only half see the TV. So then it goes to commercial. I'm like, oh, God, we're out. We made it through the inning. And I tweet three more outs to go (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't see that they fucking were pulling the, and then all of a sudden I see Chapman up and there's a man. I was like, Oh no. So I go back and I delete it. (laughs) I'm like, Oh God, delete that tweet before people stop blaming me for this loss. (laughs) Fucking boom. Well, I mean, first you have the Geyer double. Uh, Geyer again. Yeah. He doubles. And uh, that fastball is only coming in. I mean, he's throwing under 100 this entire inning. You know, the 103, 105, that's off now. You know, his arm is fucking. Yeah. And so you're still winning the game, right, Uh, at this point. 6-4. 6-4. But now they pulled within two again, and up comes fucking Rajay Davis with a home run that I don't think any of us will fucking forget. That was so Uh fucking. and game six has come back to haunt the Cubs because Chapman's throwing 96, 97, 98. Dude, he might not, as well have Rondon out there. I, I That's what I'm saying. That pitch was a 97.1 mile per hour fastball. Uh, it was the seventh pitch of that at bat. 
you know, uh, Davis fouled four of them off. It was a hell of a bat, and you could tell he was about to get a hold of one. Yep, and he sure the hell did. That was a line drive straight over the wall. It At first, it didn't look like it was going to make it. Like, I can't believe it stayed up as long as it did. Yeah, th- it was brutal. God, I was I can't believe that. And, th- and then the crowd. Now, you know, we hadn't really been hearing from the Indians fans this entire game. Oh, we heard from the Cubs fans all the time, but you're right. The Indians fans were in it then. It was so loud. Yeah, and then uh, Coco Crisp right after it, he gets a single. And so now it looks looks like Chapman's never going to get anybody out, ever. Uh, and and then uh, then he did. And it was the backup catcher making his first at bat of the game. He was a little overmatched. Gomes, yeah. Yeah, he he actually looked like shit up there. Yeah, and and he's and he's I don't think he ever thought in a million years he would be in so many games because I think he's been in like three of these games in the World Series. You know, like he he's been out there quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's all the mixing and matching. You know, you end up needing a bunch of catchers. My, so, Michael and I started getting really irritated, though, because during the most tense moment of the entire baseball season, in a, one of the greatest baseball games ever in the history of all men, it was the one time when I was like, really, Joe Buck? He starts talking about domestic violence. And oh, I get it. Yeah. And, and I get it's part of the narrative, and I get it's part of the story. And I appreciate that it's part of the story. And I got to give him a little credit because, you know, we see what happens to the female um, journalists when they don't bring it up. They get ripped. We're like, well, that's part of who he is, and you should fucking remind people of that every time he's on the mound. And maybe he did, but of all the times to do it, I think it's the one time like it was not appropriate. I think yeah, we already heard the narrative during the ser- series. Maybe we hear about that in Game Six when nobody knows why he's out there, and you don't really have anything to talk about because it's a blowout. Yeah, yeah. Or, that's or, when you talk or, about or Game it. Five when he pitches four innings or three innings yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, it there's plenty weird, of time. And I'm not gonna. But, begrudge him for bringing it up because i think you should say it every time you see that guy is that he fucking hits women and he's a piece of shit but yep. i kind of do it, it, it felt out of place to me and i i don't know if i'm right or wrong on, on the subject and maybe some of you ladies yeah. can enlighten me and say you know what fuck him but <laughs> yeah i'm not against calling him out on it every single time you hear it but it it did ring really weird just in that situation like all of a sudden everybody's so tense and things are going on and then all of a sudden it was uh, totally not about the game. Like, Buck was not in this game in any way. And it just felt like – it felt like he was, it was just more of Buck being anti-Cub more than it was anti-domestic violence. Yeah. And then, and then you know, he brings up Madden's zero trust in the bullpen during well, that. And he's it, right about that. Yeah, he is and, correct you know, about that. And, and he was absolutely right. And it, I, I feel – it's like it's going to be a cloud that hangs over this team going into next season. I think there's going to be some guys on that pitching staff and just some, maybe a couple of guys on those, that team that are like, man, Matt really just doesn't like did, me or think I'm any good. Yeah, he so he's like going to have to earn back some trust. Like, don't oh, yeah. put them on the roster if you're not going to use them. Yeah. Right. And if they blow up and they have a shitty game, then they know why they're not playing. But don't have them there if you're not going to use them. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing – you know, a, a maybe a bridge to tra- to Chapman. Like you only need the one out, right? 
Right. You need yeah, one you got out. Lots of guys. You need one out. Chapman, obvious. And the guy sitting right behind me and to my left, Indians fan. Soon as Chapman, uh, as soon as Ramirez singles in this inning, he goes, Chapman doesn't have it. He doesn't have it tonight. And I was like, oh my God, that guy's right. <laughs> you know, like, oh no, he's right. And then it just kept going and going. I was like, and the dude kept yelling that. And it was just, it was a Cub fan nightmare for me. But, but how is it even that every casual Cubs fan knows that Chapman is terrible with runners on base and d- doesn't like to come in when there's not a clean inning? And either does Lester, yet the guy who's running this team seems to be oblivious to it in the biggest moment in Cubs history. Twice in a row. I mean, you... Back to you, back, you, when you, you know, fool me once, shame on you, yeah. fool me twice. Like, really, Joe? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Lester... And, and listen, and Lester wins, comes I'm in not wrong. trying to bitch about the game, but it just seemed like a couple of bad... It didn't need to happen that way. And maybe, you know, he added to the drama of the game by <laughs> allowing them to come back, but it seemed completely unnecessary for my Cubs, this is how this game should have gone. At this point in the game, so like we we just get through the eighth inning here. Indians put up a three spot, but this is how this game should have gone. You've got it's one to one in the third. Cubs then go up five to one by the fifth, right? Then they go up six to one uh, by the sixth with the, after the buy is homer. Okay, now Hendricks th- should still be pitching. no no no. Actually, it's not six to one. It's six to three because of the Hendricks should still be pitching. Yeah, so it is in my head six to one in this yeah. fucking game, right? Then Lester comes in at the top of the seventh, freaks out everybody with his patented solo shot that he gives up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then it's six to that two. Strikes, that strikes out three. Then strikes out three. Then he pitches the eighth. So uh, Lester does two innings. It's now six to two. Chapman comes in, strikes out the side. Cubs win six to two. Everybody goes home fucking happy except for Indians fans. Right. That's, that's the non-Joe Madden version of this game. <laughs> that that's what it seems like. That's yeah. what it seems like if Terry Francona is in the Cubs thing because he was not making he didn't seem he seemed to not make enough moves almost was his issue like with Kluber. Yeah. He stuck with Kluber a little too long. He stuck with Miller maybe a little too long. Yeah. But he didn't and he truly doesn't have anybody in that pen. After yeah, well, yeah, after those to three that guys, point, he doesn't trust anybody else either. Either, yeah. So they're they're both playing with with like really small decks, you know. So we get into the ninth. Starts really promisingly with uh, the Ross walk, and uh, what, who came into pinch run? Coglin. Yep, Coglin pinch runs, and that in in that is actually so with the Gomes in the inning before, and then now Ross comes in, and. If you count, so that's five actual catchers behind the plate, and then if you count uh, Schwarber as a catcher, that's six catchers in this game. That's a that that has to be an all time record, right? That's an ass stat, right yeah. there. Also, yeah. Um, and so, Mon- so we know Montero is going to come in and catch the rest of this game at this point. So I don't know what he's bitching about. Like, dude, you, you got get, in. You in got the in. Biggest, in the, in the biggest part, ever. yeah. And then. Hayward has a long at bat, hits a lot of really hard fouls, and then he fucking hits into a double play. But no throw he, because he Cobbs really, takes out Lindor again. Yeah, I man. know. And he really, I mean, Hayward in that moment, you could feel it. You could tell he was just about to get a hold of a ball. Like he had found his swing, at least in that moment. And once again, he hits it right at somebody. Uh, brutal. Yep. 
But Can luckily, Coglin... Can he hit the ball anywhere else between, like, shortstop and second base? I mean, is that <laughs> the only place he can hit the ball? Oh, Pretty hey, much. He, he's got to do some work this offseason. I really hope he pulls it together. But uh, but I the Indians challenged... find a trade partner for him. Yeah, Indians challenged the call on this uh, play. And I think this still goes back to uh, Coglin in the Pittsburgh game. Oh, Take Kang? Kang's leg. Yeah. Like, it was a perfectly legal play. Lindor put himself in position to get hit. Yeah. You know, he was going towards Coglin straight in front of the base. Yeah. So it, that has, there has to be still some carryover with Coglin uh, in order to get that. The one play that Francona actually fucking challenges in this game. And it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that it's, it's really hard to get that cop, that call. Yeah, and it was obvious Allen was it didn't have his shit, so they bring Shaw in. And fucking, what do you know? Hayward, he can't do anything. He gets into a double play, gets lucky to be on first. So it's not a double play. Uh, steal second. Yeah. And gets all the well, way to third because the, sh- uh, the ball, what, it hit him? Yeah, great, it, ba- it, great base running. Yeah, it hit uh, it hit the, uh, the second baseman, Kipnis. It hit Kipnis and then went out into the outfield. And, man, he slid. And popped up and ran to third. He's like, a great. He I, I really is good. Looking for the ball. Yeah, and then uh, probably another of the most questionable calls and most. Joe needs to explain himself on this. Why the fuck ever in a situation like this, when you have a chance to score, you have a man on third. Are you bunting? <laughs> Two strikes. <laughs> Yeah, that was and with one out, I might add. So, like, you need uh, just wasted an out. He wasted. Joe must. Everybody knows what's what Madden does at this point. Like Smoltz knew. Buck said he was surprised by it, but Smoltz knew. I knew. uh, You know. Yeah, but it was three two, Michael. A Rod knew. (laughs) A Rod was talking about it later. And A Rod's fucking analysis was like, that's called a three-two safety squeeze, right? Yeah, and I it's yeah. like, no, you just described exactly what it was. That's yeah. not the name of it. If if it works, Madden's a genius, you know. But right. I'm just saying, there's a lot more ways to score that run than well, with a bunt. You know, like- I will I will say, I was at the game that Johnny Lester laid down that bunt. And Hayward scored. came home and scored. He was just trying to do it again with with Baez. By the way, I saw it was pretty funny. Dan Heron, uh, who played for the Cubs very briefly last year, Mister at I throw eighty eight on Twitter, tweeted out, "I get that bunt down." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. I <laughs> happened to see that. Twitter, He's he like, really "I get is. that bunt down." Um, and I mean, a lot of guys that are pitchers probably get that bunt. I mean, Baez is a great bunter, but like that's a lot of pressure in that moment. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a bad call, I think. Yeah, but you're right, Michael. Had it worked, genius. Or, or if Danny said that, but it's it was so me. likely it was that me. the first bunt you're going to lay down goes foul. It happens all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So that I I didn't like that call because there's just so many other ways you score that run. You know, I, yeah, so I, don't, I don't like it either, especially when and Baez is known it's Baez for a long who can hit. Long outs, right? Can, I know. You. That's what I'm going to say. Like, he, he's going to fly out to center, and he's going. You know, you're going to score the run. It was. It was a wasted opportunity. It was at this point that I. I pretty much was uh, sure that uh, Joe Madden owes money to the mob. 
Oh, is this is this when you made the video in the stands of you and Nicole and you are just ranting like crazy? Oh God. You know what? <laughs> it, it, it I think it might have been at this moment. I, I'll, I'll have I, to go have back to, say, to the that tape. That was a very entertaining rant. Oh God! What? Yeah, because we were like, oh, and then he pulls pulls Hedricks. What's that about? You know? Oh my God! It was just thing after thing, and I was like, Joe Madden was he must be trying he to lose this game. The Cubs. Yeah, it really felt like that because yeah, every single rough. move. And, I, I'm, and I'm sorry, guys, everybody out there listening to this, if you feel like we're like being down on them winning the world series in game seven it was a tense game and a lot happened and it and i know you guys all felt it i hope you all feel the same that it just felt like madden was screwing with us oh and, and re-watching the game yesterday going through this fucking pitch by pitch again i have to say i i you know and and not to you know uh denigrate anything that anybody else suffers from it's i have the baseball version of PTSD because I've, I was getting fucking anxiety every time I saw Raji Davis. Kipnis was still driving me nuts. You know, I know how the game ended. I know the Cubs are the champs and still watching this game. I was getting nervous, not probably more nervous than I was 12 beers in. I was a little medicated then. So I felt better about it. Yeah. It's, um, Man, it was it was really rough. It was really rough to watch. I felt like we were trying to lose it on purpose. And and this time, at least it wasn't going to be on some stupid thing like a goat or a fan. Which, by the way, that should never have been on Bartman anyway. It was like way more about the Cubs misplaying in the field in that game. But like in this in this game, I'm like, okay, we're gonna all blame Madden. Yeah, going to blame Madden. We're gonna we're gonna blame Theo for going to get Chapman. You know, because you're like, of course we can't win with a wife beater on the mound. Right. No, I, although I would still, I would still blame Joe Madden because he completely and totally misused Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That game was on Madden if they'd lost. Uh, now it did start to rain during Ross's at bat. That's when the rain started. Yeah. Right. And then at the end of that inning, they were talking about how tired Chapman is and that he should never come out. And in the bottom of the ninth, there he goes. Chapman goes back to the mound. Yeah. Ballsy move or stupid move? Well, you know that you just want him to not lose his confidence for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> right. Holy shit. It worked out for him. But it he did, threw... but those first two those first two batters were on him. Dude, yeah. he threw ten sliders, three fastballs, and ninety eight miles per hour was his fastest Ugh. fastball. 35 oh. pitches in those 1.1 innings. No. And I cannot believe it was a 1-2-3 inning. Yeah, they I, just couldn't get to him. And it was especially because of who it was, man. It was the top of their fucking order. Santana, Kipnis, and Lindor. Yeah. And Santana, not quite so much, but Kipnis and Lindor have killed the Cubs in this series. Yeah, but not, not in this game. Lindor ends up going 0 for 5, probably because he was getting run over every time he tried to make a play <laughs> in the field. He's like, I don't want me out there anymore. He's got no yeah, legs. But, and, but, yeah. He had just made that great play at the end of the last inning, too. But uh, Lindor, I'm asked out of the day, I'm going to guess of all his hits during the series, half of them he got thrown out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah. did kind of kill him, but then he fucking made a dumb play in the, on the bases. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, um, so, underestimating the Cubs uh, catchers. Santana goes only one for four in this game uh, with a walk, and then Kipnis was one for five overall. So, like, they were able to keep at least the top of their order for the most part off the bases in this game. So they must have had a good game plan against them. So, turning point. So it a starts to rain. rain delay. Yeah. Oh, and dude. it's not raining that hard. And everybody's like, why are they covering the field? By the time it's going to rain that bad. By the time they covered the field, it had stopped raining. Yeah. Joe Buck actually said, it's not raining that hard. I'm not sure why they're doing this. And it was at this point that I go outside because they're still letting people scan out to have a cigarette. And by, by the way, the Indian staff, which is like Wrigley's staff, completely full of like octogenarians. <laughs> um, completely overwhelmed. This is the tightest game ever. Everybody's smoking. They can scan you in and scan you out, but they they weren't they they couldn't handle it. And I almost did not get back in after this smoke move. Oh my god! It would have been backup catcher part two. It would have been. It would have been. So what happened was, I scan out. I'm out there with an Indians fan. We're having a cigarette, and I'm like, listen, buddy. I'm like, we both have these long, horrible streaks of losing. We both want to win this really badly. We we both want to, like, get this monkey off our back. Let's just call it a tie. Can you and I agree to a tie here? And uh, if we agree, then then we all just go home. Everybody, The World Series is a tie this year. All streaks broken. And the dude agreed to it. <laughs> he, was, he was, like, totally into it. He's like, great fucking idea, dude. We've got to, like, we, none of us can handle extra innings at this point anyway. Yeah, and nobody can handle losing. Yeah, nobody can handle it. So, like, let's just all go out, like, with our participation trophy and, like, be happy. And then um, I try to come back in. And the, so I put my, uh, I put my bag and uh, phone in the little bin that you got to slide it down through and with you know so that you don't set off the metal detector and then the guy scans my ticket and so I'm starting to walk through just as he grabs another guy ticket and and the the usher kind of blocks me from going and I was like excuse me he goes no you have to scan in I'm like you just scanned me he goes no I didn't I go yes you did my stuff's all in that bin he goes he goes no no you have to scan in he's and he grabs my ticket from me he scans my ticket. He goes, Pimp. he's like, no, you're out. And I was like, no, 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 that is not how this went down, man. And I scream at him like, that's my stuff in the bin. You scan me. And now I'm, and I, I, I think I pushed him <laughs> and I just walked fucking right past him. And, um, uh, anyway, I pushed how, past how him. How ridiculous is it that they make you step outside of that ballpark so you can smoke? Because guess what? The, the smoke's going right back in. Oh, yeah, I I was standing right next to the goddamn stadium that's a gate. And by the way, people were sneaking into the stadium because there's like a good, like I couldn't do it with my belly, but uh, there's a a foot that uh, anybody who's skinny enough or a kid or something, you can sneak right into that stadium. You just go under the gate. Yeah, well, yeah, and why have you go out and bring you back in and put that extra work out there when you just fucking put up a little rope and say, go inside the rope, people? Yeah. Yeah, it, put up a fan so it blows away from the stands if that's what they're worried about. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I almost got kicked out of this game, and it would have been backup catcher too. So, but then, meanwhile, while I'm out giving the tie to the Indians, Hayward is having no such moment. 
This was amazing. Um, 184 million well spent. I guess so. If that, was if, that his if, moment as, as a therapist or pep talker, Mister November? Do you think when the Cubs released their championship DVD that somebody on the Cubs organization got this on video? No, nobody has it. Uh, Theo was talking about it that he was downstairs and he was like fucking on the phone or something. And he walked by and he said he saw them in there. Like the door was open a little bit and he started to freak out. Like what's going on. And he went over there and listened and heard them like pumping each other up and stuff. And he's like, Oh, okay. Okay. I'm good. This, yeah. this well, team's he, good. he said, he's like, when I was there and I saw this happening, he said, I knew right there we were going to win the game. These guys were ready. And no such story from the Indians, right? There was no story of the Indians like we were doing the same thing. We were in there pumping each other up. It just well, happened to work for them. No. Well, ha- they, had they had they won, you might have heard those stories. Who knows what happened? Nobody cares. That's I think that's yeah. part of the point they lost. <laughs> so Lose. Jason Kipnis gives a a rousing speech, and then the Indians go on to lose. Yeah, not really <laughs> how you hear yeah. it. The story. Well, usually. that's true. Yeah, I guess you know, but it did seem to. It, this rain delay went against the Indians Big because time. they they had all the momentum going into this, even though they had just gone one, two, three. They were the last to score, they though. Won. They were the last to score in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, even the, with the one, two, three, like now you've already faced the Cubs closer. We've already faced your closer. Now it's a battle of the other guys Yeah, at this point. So, I mean, I think still advantage Cubs in that in that uh, scenario. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's so up to this game is probably maybe not quite that dramatically, but yeah, I think the 10th inning maybe goes the Cubs way uh, anyway without that. But, you know, I did hear uh, that and maybe it was just the break sort of brought out the, the emotions in Chapman, the emotions in Russell, because Russell was crying too, I guess. And so I, I think that, you know, maybe it was just like, okay, guys, we're going to be sitting here for another 25 minutes. And all of a sudden, you know, the emotions get let back in. You know, the ones that you haven't been feeling the whole game because you've been pressing so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, it was the shortest rain delay I've pretty much ever experienced in my life. Um, it was the weirdest thing in uh in a world series and a playoff run of weird things in a season of weird things that was the weirdest like it yeah i didn't understand it at all the crying dead relatives yeah is, is what is what won this for the for the cubs and you know what i'm not a religious man i know a lot of people are so you know i might just give this one to them i, I might just go <laughs> yeah you're right it was totally dead people crying you're absent, you know. I might just like let that be a belief. Yeah, because it is uh, a good story. So, so the Cubs come back out, and who's up to bat? But Kyle Schwarber, and that dude rakes and gets to gets a base hit into right field. Such a great World Series. Yep. And then maybe maybe the best decision Madden made in this entire game: pinch runner Albert Amora. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. Because when on the next play, when Brian hits the ball, I mean, you know, I I expected. Did you think it was out? I what's that? 
You think it was out? No, I thought he got under it, but um, I mean, I was hopeful. I mean, I definitely I, stood I up. I thought it was out. Yeah, I thought it was out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that swing that he's got—that big sweeping swing. It always makes. I mean, sometimes his pop-ups look look like the swing was a home run swing, you know. But um, I, you know, I I know that that uh, Rajay Davis didn't expect Al Moore to run on this play, but I totally did expect him to be tagging up because I didn't. I didn't think it was out. Were you worried when they pulled uh, Schwarber out of the game? I know that they did it for speed, and it was a moment. But if they were unable to score, that we're talking like inning 14, inning 15, and no Schwarber. Yeah, that would have been rough. I always hate mm. that. Like during Red Sox games, big big games, tie game, now, Poppy gets a double, and then they pull him out for a pinch run. I'm like, what if they don't score? Then yeah, what? Yeah. See, I was not upset because Almora is fast. Okay, now had it been like Coglin, I'd have been like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, like I don't understand. Like when they pulled uh, Rizzo earlier in the series for Coglin, like Coglin is not that much faster than Rizzo. Right, Almora is. Almora is fast. So yeah, I didn't like that either. That didn't bother me. Um, but uh, yeah, so Davis doesn't expect Almora to run. He tags up and makes it to second pretty easily. Go out. Find the Fangraphs article by Jeff Sullivan called The Moment Before the Moment. And it explains that entire tag up to the nth degree. And it's a great article about baseball because those are the little tiny things. And we're going to remember this because Jeff Sullivan wrote this thing. What's it called? The Moment Before the Moment. It's at the Fangraphs website by Jeff Sullivan. Can we link to it on the website? I'll link to it Uh, in the show notes. Yeah, our show notes. Uh, yeah, but that is called- if anybody's still listening here at hour three. I hope you're all uh, running marathons right now. <laughs> uh, no, but that but it, it's a great article about the minutia of baseball and why it's such a big deal. Um, but he he makes it in there, and then and then they walk Rizzo. They intentionally walk Rizzo to get to Zobrist, which is I get why they walk Rizzo, but Zobrist has been on fire. Yeah, exactly. Rizzo's the home run threat, and Zobrist is not, right? That's why they did it, right? You're giving up one because you're worried about giving up two. Right. Yeah, I see that, right? Yeah. But but still, like, you know, look at, I mean, Zobrist was on fire. This enti- I mean, this entire World Series. I mean, we, obviously, we won the, the M, uh, MVP of the series, but he was great. That's true. Now... If Zobris doesn't hit this ball right here, right, and the Cubs go like the Cubs win, you know we're just going to assume the Cubs win. But Zobris wasn't the one to hit this ball. Is he still the MVP? I didn't know who the fucking MVP was. I didn't. Well, I mean, Zobris goes three for four in game one, two for four in game two, one for four in game three. Uh, only one of the only guys to get a hit. I mean, uh, ends up batting three thirty three. No homers though, so like, yeah, you're right, man. I I don't think there was an MVP in this. I mean, I just think they had to give it to somebody, and Zobrist happened to come through big time in this yeah, moment, he, especially. He had, had 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 Lester not given up those two runs, I think he may have won it. Oh, that's true. If he that's was per- true. if he was perfect in extras, he would have got it. Yeah, yeah, because that would have been his third time out. You know, yep. with some good pitching. But yeah, Zobris so doubles. Man, that was awesome. He slaps it up the other way. Yeah. That was. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, the Indians were not ready. 
for uh, a couple of lefties to go go the other way. Yeah. You know, to go into left field. Because Montero did the exact same thing. Yep. So and- Almora runs home easily. Anybody could have made it, but he's fast. Uh, Rizzo's on third because the ball came in. Did you see Zobris the way he jumped and his helmet flew off? Yeah, that was awesome. And Rizzo was just over the moon about it all, too. It was good to see. He was. was. He was. He was. So good. Cubs lead 7-6. They finally got the lead back. Uh, Russell is walked to load the bases because, of course, you're going up against Montero. I would have walked Russell, too. Yeah. Yeah, Montero, not not a great season for him. Much better, you know, Russell. Yeah, you don't want to face Russell if you can face Montero. Yeah, and Montero comes through with another shot. Honestly, Lindor but, should have been over there, but they were shifting. Everybody was moving over to the right side of the field. And they were dr- and a bit drawn. Right they were a bit be. drawn in to try to, because there's only one out. So they were a bit drawn in to try to cut off that run at home and maybe turn the double play, you know, what, like 6-2-3 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and and listen, Montero, for bitching about not being used, if there was a playoff MVP, he makes a case. Between the Grand Slam and the game-winning RBI and Game 7 of the World Series, you got to give the guy some fucking... Yeah, he, he had yeah. the he had the, the biggest hits in... Uh, in um, the Both series. Both series, yeah. He... So, well, yeah, in, he, in he, he the came first game, both in the, of those situations. Yeah, in the first game of the playoffs against the Giants, where he hits the grand slam, and the last game, he came through the biggest. For years, he was going to be remembered as a, a hero in Chicago. Now he's just going to be remembered as a loudmouth crybaby. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's already <laughs> happening because uh, Bleed Cubby Blue put out this thing, um, Zobris Double, like a poster thing that you can buy right now. And I'm like, wait, uh, Zobra's double ultimately didn't do anything because that was the seventh run. If that's all the Cubs would have gotten, they, yeah. would, they would have still been tied. Yeah. Well, given what happened in the 10th. Yeah. And Miggy, he like, it's, it's already happening that Miggy's being forgotten because yeah. everybody's like Zobrist MVP. He had the huge hit. Right. Well, he had a huge hit, but the huge hit goes to Miggy. Miggy. Yeah, it's true. So Mo- Montero singles Rizzo scores. Bases are still loaded. It's eight to six. And Drone Finger comes in and replaces Shaw. And then <laughs> Hayward, in typical fashion, strikes out. But he was the hero in between. So, yeah. whatever that is. And then by but a, nobody by knows a, it at that point, right? Weren't you pissed at him at that oh point? Oh, my God. I think I motherfucked him like 37 <laughs> times. Yeah. I'm like, dude, then, just a sack fly gets another run in. Nine six. Like, then we definitely win this game, right? And, and listen, the, the Cubs are up eight to six. It's. Maybe the one time only this season that I totally excused Baez for swinging out of his shoes. He just wanted to bury it and put it away. He's like, we got this, but I just want to fucking embarrass them. <laughs> and he he almost got. Yeah. He he got under it a little bit too much. Yeah. If he squares that up, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So then we roll into the 10th inning and Carl Edwards Jr. finally comes in Uh I understood this pitching change for the first time all all night. Me too, but I'm not going to lie to you. When it happened, I was finally to the point. I was like, no, just bring Chapman back in. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to fuck with this. And I know it was the right move, but man, did I, I was, I just wasn't comfortable at that point. It understood. Was two, back and, two back and forth. So here's the weird thing. Carl Edwards Jr. And then Montgomery will make a, an appearance for the last out. 
they were the two guys that were up in the bullpen in the third inning. I know. Then that cut. was the only worrisome thing. Like, that's weird to get ready and then to go sit for fucking seven innings. Yeah. Oh, man. Just a mismanaged bullpen day for yep. Joe. And uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have made me feel worse. But then uh, Napoli strikes out. Then Ramirez grounds out to Russell behind second base. Good play by Russell. And then goddamn Geyer shows up and works the walk. <laughs> he moves to second on indifference. And then fucking Rajay Davis again. Like, how was he already up again? That's I'm watching the game <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, how is he back up? How is this possible? Yeah, they Dude. must have been hitting out of order or something. Yeah, and he rips it and drives in Geyer. From first base, oh, or, uh, I put from first base, from second because he had moved over. Uh, but yeah, like he he brings in Geyer. Like what? We now need now, one more fucking out. What's that? We need one more fucking out. I know, and I mean, as a side note, seeing today that Rajay Davis is not being offered a contract, how would you like that guy coming off the bench as your fourth outfielder in Chicago? Yeah, as long as we never have to see him again in right. any kind of World Series. Yeah. Oh, man. So then Madden makes the pitching change there, which is good. Um, it was, you know, this game, so many runs scored on two outs. It was crazy. Uh, but he makes the change to Montgomery. And and at that point, I was okay with it again. Like, you know, uh, see, uh, Carl Edwards Jr. had already given up a run. Um I, it's in a walk. Pro- I was I was ready to make another change. Not to mention, out, not right? to mention that probably in over his head. Yeah, you know, you got the rookie out there for the last out of the World Series. I, I mean, loved it though. I yeah. love that he was out there. I kind of I was rooting for him to get it. I yeah. was. Oh, too. I was too. I really yeah, was. I really was too. But and because he's one of those inner organizational guys that they have. I mean, I sent you guys that picture of the top six prospects in like. 2014 in the Cubs minor league system and all six of them are playing on this team him being number six I was like oh good make your mark kid yep no so then uh so Montgomery gets Michael Martinez to ground out weekly to third and but that was almost a swinging bunt right yeah that that could have been first and third in a heartbeat it really could Bryant makes a good play Bryant looked like me Bryant looked like me with that stupid smile on his face the first time that I knew I was going to actually get laid. I was like, oh, my God, here it comes. Oh, my God. He had this shitty grin on his face, and then he fucking fell down and bumped his head like I did when I first had sex. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, and, then, and then what did you do? Uh, I, Can- hugged, I hugged a strange man. After the first time you had sex? yes actually the first time i had sex my stepmother walked in very first time oh i i had just uh i had just uh did she join in i had just laid the proverbial pipe and i uh she walks in the room i was like get out of here get out of here (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah and 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 how epic was it that it was just those two Bryant to Rizzo. I mean, they are the lifeblood of this organization moving forward, or at least over the next three or four years. They're kind of the heart and soul. Um, and to see those two embrace midfield, and then you got Addison and Javi. Like, you just kind of hope those four guys have a long run together with yeah. Contreras behind the plate. Um, 
I don't know. It's great. Uh, the oh. off season's going to be sad because players are going to go. You know, Hamill's already gone, but it just embrace this, guys. It was a lot of fun. It was fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, now, I mean, I actually for a moment there, I'm like, I don't really care how the Cubs ever do again. <laughs> like well, I, I really did well, have, I really did have that feeling. I'm just like, I don't fucking care. This is fucking yeah, did what I wanted like, them let, to do. Let's fold this uh, podcast thing up. Yep. We're done. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna go well, out. I was gonna say it was nice talking to everybody because this is the last time that we're ever doing this. Yeah, but done. but please keep the Patreon money coming in <laughs> because, <laughs> because um, uh, I I broke I I broke after spending all my money and then some on baseball tickets and um, man. I'm still floored by people sending me to this game. Oh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I, I went back through and sent thank yous on Saturday um, to everybody that, that gave to me. Dude, I didn't recognize at least a quarter of the names. You didn't send me a thank you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I know you did. I did. You, wait, you gave him money, Lyle? I did. Yeah. Fucking sucker. Sucker. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait. You, what? Did, Are we did, still recording? Yeah. Did you know? Did you notice the 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 correlation of the amount in the uniform number? You'll have to go back and look. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. No, I just I, it it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of automated how you say thank you. Got it. Yeah. So. Um, what what a way to finish a season. Yeah. Here come, here's. I'm kind of looking forward to the off season a little bit. We can put our feet up and talk about ridiculous things and uh, who's playing center field next year and uh, who's going to be the fifth and sixth starters on this rotation and, 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 and just to embrace this a little more. And just so I can let you guys know, you're not allowed to bitch about the Cubs or winning a championship. I think it, some people say it's a three-year window. Some people say it's a five-year window. You can't complain if you don't win. If you lose in the NLCS next year or something like that, you can't bitch because you got a championship belt right now. Yeah, right. Oh, I. You know what? Right now, I want to put like a hundred dollars down on Cleveland because that was a hell of a series that they played, and and they were, I mean, two of their pitchers were not there. Yeah, they you know were down. I mean? Yep. Yeah. Santana probably could have helped them. Yeah, they fucked. I think I think that was their other big mistake in that series, not using him. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe he couldn't be used. You know, I mean, if if they could have used yeah. him, they would have used him. Yeah. Or well, Salazar coming in relief. I mean, he looked great. I was like, oh, I bet they wish they started him. Yeah. Right. But maybe he could only give them two or three innings anyway, as they they didn't want to go down that road. I mean, I, I'm sure they knew what they were doing. It, you know, much more than it seemed like Joe was knew what he was doing in this goddamn game. For sure. Heart attack, motherfucker. I mean, oh, my God. Joe Madden, I love you, but Jesus, man, you almost killed me. Oh, I love how Joe keeps mentioning uh, the barroom conversations that people will have about this game. He knows that everything he did was crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just knows that. And I think he was he would probably be justified and be able to explain why he's justified in any of those arguments. But he knows that we don't know what he knows, and all of us are going to do just what we did today. We're going to be talking years down the road about, remember when Madden pulled Hendricks? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I know we're going to be talking about that for the rest of our lives. It's true. So yeah. at, at least we have our, our pretty initial reactions on uh, on tape. Here, just a, you know, less than a week after the game's over, um, we know this podcast was super long, 
And uh, we also know that you enjoyed the hell out of it. So we're going to be doing this with every single game from spring training (laughs) all the way. uh, We got 162 of them plus spring training plus every single game up till uh, this final game seven. So uh, buckle up. We're going to do them backwards. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing them backwards. We're going daily. And I hope you got some time on on your hands. Um, No, I mean, I. I still would love to record uh, twice a week. Uh, I know we haven't really talked about this, but I think it, that because this is a championship season, that I would love to go back through at least, you know, at least a week by week kind of synopsis of what made up this championship season. And I would even go back to spring training. You know, you guys down for it? Yeah, I'm down. And I think there's some great specific games that we should talk about. You know, um, turning the, the point wood, games. the wood, the wood game in the outfield, the belly flop game, John Lester hitting a game winning bunt, a walk off yeah. bunt. I mean, there's some there's some epic games in the season that need to be spoken about. And we, I mean, I want to do a whole episode about how not only did Joe Madden like barely hold it together during the playoffs, but Pat Hughes, one of the finest baseball commentators in the history of baseball. I mean, he's great. Really fucking choked doing the final out of the, the Cubs winning the World Series. What was he doing? Yeah, I, maybe he was crying. He was. He, he, you know he, what? He I lost. think that was it. After I was thinking about it, because I, I listened to Joe Buck's call for the first time yesterday, and it was better. It was better than Pat Hughes' call that I heard uh, the night of. Um, but I think that's because Joe Buck doesn't give a shit. He is a mindless drone and he had his call ready for Indians or for Cubs uh, two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as soon as he knew who was in, he figured out what it was going to be. Uh, the only thing he's like, he said eight, seven in 10. That was like the only like off the cuff thing he said. Yeah. Uh, Pat Hughes, I think, got overcome with emotion. Yeah. yeah, Joe Buck's like in front of the mirror, like you, you know, looking at his hair plugs, like wondering what went wrong, and uh, masturbating to his last call. Masturbating to his last call. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that was so good, man. Was so good, Joe. And listen then to, listen to the Genesis records nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's practicing his uh, his call while he's yeah. doing that. You know, whereas yeah, I think that. I think that uh, probably Pat Hughes wanted it to be spontaneous, his call. And I still like his call. Like, I don't dislike his call of the end. But, yeah, it seemed a, a, seemed a little weak. Yeah, I, was... think, I think Pat Hughes is just every bit the Cubes fan that all of us are. And he deliberately didn't have anything to say because he didn't want to jinx it. You know? Jinx it? It was already over. <laughs> no, but no, I'm no, saying he wasn't he... prepared. He didn't prepare that. Oh, I got gotcha. you. He didn't prepare that beforehand because he's like, I'm not going to be the one. You know, I think that he's – that's what I'm saying. Like, we're all Cubs fans, and most of us have that cubes in us, you know. And if we're if we're doing a good job, he doesn't come out much. But <laughs> he comes out. He's always there, even if we're not showing him to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, mine comes out all the time, like, and is shown to the rest of the world. Oh, you. you I'm a professional Cubes it. fan. You did it from the, uh, you, that rant from the bleachers is, I I was watching that and just laughing. I'll have to repost that. Time. I'll have to go back through, I, you know. I don't know if everybody else will think it's as funny as I, I just, I thought it was hilarious, but <sighs> probably because I saw it after they had won. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not funny in the moment, but certainly that's not why I wasn't ranting. I wasn't ranting uh, because uh, I was happy. No, <laughs> not at all. So, well, everybody, uh, I, I hope you enjoy the fact that we just gave you a three-hour podcast, considering I know we're all in terrible baseball withdrawal. Um, Thank you so much to everybody who has stuck it out to this point and in life and in this podcast. Yeah, hell yeah. It's just, I mean, this has been a great year. We just started the Patreon last year. Um, we started getting more and more listeners. I can't even tell you how many people have contacted me since the Cubs won the World Series and just thanked, thanked me for, I guess, everything. You know, like just being a part of it all. And I'm, And that's, you know, this podcast – uh, you know, being at the games, uh, the photography, the, I mean, everything that people respond to, even just not fucking around on Twitter. Like, I love that we're, we're now getting together with the people that we meet on Twitter and yeah, it's just, there's an awesome community building and something like a world series win like this, it's the kind of thing that can really solidify that for pretty much forever. You know, we want it together together all right boys how about them cubs spagog spagog world champs spagog my name is john lackey and i pitch for the cubbies and i didn't come here for a haircut i came for jewelry Come here for a haircut, I can't.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.